Hey guys, uh, so we realized <laughs> a little more than halfway through recording this episode that we should do a trigger warning because um, there's some disgusting and scary stuff that we talk about that was even freaking us out while we were talking about it. Um, so to save you guys from those anxiety attacks, because I didn't save myself, um, <laughs> Hopefully I can get all these. If not, I sincerely apologize, but just know that I was freaked out with you. Um, so part of this episode, we will be talking about spiders, particularly large ones and a lot of them. Uh, insects in general with a lot of legs, dolls, elongated creatures, oozes, and tentacles. And I know some of those sound a little weird to have trigger warnings, but I do know that they're out there. So... Without further ado, we're going to start the episode. Be safe. I love you. Happy Halloween, ghouls and gals and gents. This is our Halloween special, and we're going to be doing the 13 spoopiest D&D monsters. Yes, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I am your host, the undead ghoulish gal. At other, Amy, <laughs> and with me is my co-host. She is short. She is tiny. She's a pixie. What is your name? I am the witchiest witch that ever witched. My name is Mel. What's up, everybody? What is up, everyone? Again, happy, my, my, happy Halloween. This is my very first introduction. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, I figured that it made the most sense because Halloween's kind of like your big holiday that we celebrate Halloween. with you. I forgot so, to put up the decoration in the room. I got a light up skeleton board. Oh, yeah, go get it. Yeah. All right. So. Yes, so uh, while she's off and getting the cool decoration for this episode. Um, but only we can see. And only we can see, but you know what? It, it adds to the awesome, monstrous effect. Let me tell you a little bit about our social media handles here. Hey! <laughs> uh, you put the batteries in! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man! So, the, so you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Meta Dungeon Masters, our Facebook, Twitter, and... Um, Oh God! Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon are uh, at Meta Dungeon. Uh, the ads mostly for the Twitter, but it's Meta Dungeon for the rest. Um, and on our Patreon, we will be all oh, that is fucking cool, <laughs> guys. This skeleton board is literally like a skeleton in one of those vintagey like like oval like frames, and it's like glowing purple. It is so cool. I'm, I'm, I got it for five dollars. I might be stealing that. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, get it five below. Advertising. It's not. Not not sponsored by Five Below. But um, our Patreon. Um, if you join our Patreon, uh, we will have really cool things available to you, such as our main campaign recordings, our special one shot recordings. It will also allow uh, allow you to um have our one-shot campaigns um that you or your dm can uh play uh at your at our higher at our second and third level we will also give you access to our discord server um and also it will allow you to hear our episodes earlier mm -hmm. um on a normal basis we record or, or we record hello mm -hmm. uh we uh, post uh every other monday 
Um, but if you sign up and join our Patreon, you will actually get to hear those the Friday before the Monday they come they come out. So you get to hear it three days before the rest of the world hears it. So yeah, the only ones that don't come out earlier are the holiday specials. Correct. The holiday specials will always come out on the holiday on the holiday because it'd be really weird to hear Happy Halloween on the twenty eighth. Ow, of October. That you, hurt. What'd you do? Pop my ankle. Ooh. Oh, funny you say the 28th this season. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. All um, right. So, we we figured, you know, the, the cursed number. Or uh, lucky, depending on who you are. Yes. The luck, luckily cursed number of 13. Based um, off of popular social media, social media, uh, pop culture of Friday the 13th. As well as 13 ghosts. Yes. And I feel like there's other 13s. I think there's just something called 13. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of 13 stuff. Like how hotels do not have um, 13 floors. And if you go to Japan, there will not be a... Because their, their unlucky number is actually the number 4. Yep. And you will not see a room 4 in a Japanese hotel. Cool facts. Cool facts. Um, fun facts. Fun, so fun we, spoopy facts. Yes. So we have the 13 spoopiest, and we also have um, some honorable mentions as well that we're going to get into first. But but before we do, um, you know, there's so much out there that we we decided, you know, we're not going to touch upon any of the homebrew stuff. Because no. As awesome as a lot of those are, and there's so much cool stuff out there, it, it's not as... It's going to take a little work to balance. It, yes. Um, and it, it's stuff that you definitely have to adjust more than the official stuff um, for the, the things you're working on. Right. The we, we, have, we have one on the list that is more homebrew than the others, but that's because it, it it's mostly just the stats. Because it literally says, like, you can create it as hard or as easy as you want, but mm-hmm. the concept of it freaks both of us out. So that's, why we added it. So, that's kind of the the con of homebrew is, mm-hmm. um, unlike official content that is done by Wizards of the Coast, you, it's Wizard of the Coast stuff. It's been play tested. It's been balanced. It's been perfected to be fair, and also not that fair. Homebrew, you kind of have to finagle. A little bit, and to I somebody who's never done it before, mm-hmm. that's intimidating. That's they also kind of taken a general consensus. I mean, there was something recently, and this will probably you know, date this for years to come. But oh, they fuck. were they were looking uh, at possibly adding something about um, magic school, like how the magic schools work. Yes, um, and it was so detailed that it was very restrictive. Okay, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. So it was like, it was basically like um, the four schools. And it, from what I remember, and this is a little while ago, and it's not, I'm not a magic baby, I'm a melee baby. So it, it's not something that really captured my attention, but I did see how they wanted to play test it a lot, and they were, and it just wasn't working out. So it didn't get made. At least not officially. Not, not officially. And what they did come out with was, way more balanced um and and way more understandable because it was also very confusing yeah it was very contradictory things wound up canceling out or canceling each other out <laughs> know that feeling yeah 
So uh, for this episode, you're going to be hearing a lot of page turning um, because yes, we have the books in front. We have all the books that have all the monsters in front of us, and the reason for that is, holy shit, holy shit. There's a lot of shit we gotta like kind of go over, mm-hmm. and a lot of detail information with this. So we don't know about fucking heart. Like, there's yes. Technically, we have top thirteen, but including our honorable mentions, there's sixteen fucking monsters, and we have how many books? In front of you, right? I, I have four. You have four in front Te- of us. Technically right? five. One of them is not published yet. That is true. Um, yeah, I gotta get I gotta get one of them up really quick if you can hand me my phone because oh, yes. I forgot yes. to do that. Okay, yes. I'm, a, um, I'm a bad podcast host. <laughs> well, I don't have mine up either, but I wrote it down at least. But um, so wow, not, shot, not wow, wow, way to give me a fucking shot at that. <laughs> um, well, I'm just saying, at least I remember to do that. Um. Our top 13 also, it, like, we're not going to have, like, five different types of dragons. We, <laughs> I was going to say something. Jesus Christ. Well, uh, so, we, we did, you know, I mean, we, we're going for the abilities as well as what they fucking look like, um, to be the scariest, as well as, you know, um, if there's, a category that they have of themselves where you can have different types of something. Because you can have different types and different colors and different ages of dragons. So we're just kind of going to clump it and only choose one of the category. Because there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Because you have a lot, you guys. Because you have the chromatics, you have the metallics, and either one can be considered scary depending on your situation. It's just not worth it. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the time. And, um, you know, we're going to list, you know, a specific one from a certain category, but that doesn't exclude the others from also making the list. So, like, you know. These are also our opinions. Yes. (laughs) What I find scary is not the same as what Mel finds scary. It's not the same as what Zach finds. However, we were pretty very in agreement to one of them. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, and you agreed with me on some, on two other ones, um, but you weren't as creeped out as I was. No, it, um, it's, and that's Goosebumps' fault for my childhood. Yeah, that's Goosebumps' so. fault. This one is just the 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 one. It's and it's not number one. No, but it's but it's near. It's near that. It's a it's a fucking thing of nightmares. But let's go ahead and start with our honorable mentions. So, yes. Amy, we, we if you would you. like to get the book open for that, yes, we will tell you what book it's in as well. As yes. Well as what page if you want to follow up? All right. So our first honorable mention is going to be the Ch- uh, Childrith. Yes. Is that how I said it? Yes. yes. Childrith. Um, you can find this one in Volo's Guide to Monsters. It's on page one thirty-two. It is a creepy fucking spider bitch. So you okay. know, I'm gonna give it to her because I hate spiders. Like looking at this actually freaks her out. So. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go to page four because it doesn't. No, oh no, what it doesn't. It's it, it's all in here what they can do, and this is a description. Oh, hold on. Yeah, see, it's it. This book is weird. Okay, so it is a, basically a spider creature, and it has a fey ancestry, so it has a lot of saving throws against being charmed, and magic can't put it to sleep, so it's an asshole, so you can't do anything like that. Fuck it. Right? Um, so, basically what these are, um... <laughs> yeah. 
They rear spiders of similar arachnids, such as cave fishers. Oh, God, I hate cave fishers. Those things are fucking creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're communal spiders. Um, Childress resemble spiders, but they behave more like social insects, such as ants. And some of the different um, att- actions and attacks they have, uh, they have a dagger. So they're a spider with thumbs, so they can stab you. And um, they also have a web recharge. And this is a ranged attack. But you can only use this on a, if you roll a five or a six, on a d6. Um, Knowing my luck. Yeah, right? No, the, the DM has to rule. No, I'm not locked. That's so fair. <laughs> um, so the daggers are pretty um, pretty straightforward. Melee, they can also throw the dagger, guys. Um, and it does about um, 1d4 plus 3 piercing damage plus 10 poison damage. And it's not a roll because it says 3d6, but it's not a roll. You get the additional 10 no matter fucking what you do. Yeah. Um, so, so the web... Um, Basically, on a hit, the tar- so if you roll the five or the six, the target is restrained by webbing. As an action, the restrained target can make a DC strength check, bursting the webbing on a success. The webbing can also be attacked and destroyed by, um, and destroyed, uh, can be destroyed. So it's, I guess when you read it, it doesn't sound as bad. It, it just sounds but, more annoying than so, anything else. So the reason why I had put it in the honorable mentions, was because you never fight one. That's true. The Childress are very social spiders. Yeah. So, um, and they're part of an army. Yeah. Really, so... So you have all that bullshit. So you're fighting... From more than one. Multiple at a time. And they're all trying to stab you, and they're all... And I'm pretty sure... They might be considered pack creatures. Yes. So they will attack on advantage if they're near each other. Yes. So that... While it doesn't sound as scary, imagine fighting a spider, ten with thumbs, a spider with thumbs with and a dagger, and there's it. about fifteen of them with mm-hmm. them. Yeah, so mm-hmm. not horribly like terrifying, but definitely scary enough to overwhelming. and overwhelming. So that is number three on our most honorable mention. Um, number two, Amy, if you'd like to take this one, yes. So. Have to look at the paper. Yes, I found it. Uh, in the monster manual on page 190, we have the Hydra. Very classic. That's why it's on the honorable mentions. Yes. It's a classic. It's a classic, and um, it's also a Greek classic. Um, <laughs> I, I do love me some some Hydras, it's but, you a, it's know. It's Greek salad. <laughs> tasty. Um, nice, Caesar. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I mean... Everyone really knows what a hydra is. It's all over, you know, pop culture. Hail Hydra. <laughs> I didn't hit her. I hit my own hand and I actually hurt myself. Oh, you shouldn't have said anything. No, I had to because I had to go out. <laughs> that, that still would have worked. Um, oh. You ruined it. Minus one strength, okay? Clearly. Um, but, you know, they're all over pop culture. And so I think they're really cool. But when you get down to it, a giant fucking, um... Multi-headed. Multi-headed reptilian behemoth of a monster um, that constantly regrows its heads as you chop them off is fucking scary. Okay, you guys. (laughs) Is there a recharge for that, for the head growing? Or is it just, is it just natural? It's natural. Ah. Um, (laughs) yes. So, 
Um, let's see. I'm gonna pull the book up so I'm not talking to the table. We're fucking blind too. Let's be honest. <laughs> Double negative eyesight. Are those um, new glasses? They are new glasses. <laughs> Long fucking time. Yeah, I think hydras also are considered. Um, what is it, what is it called when they can be both on land? Is it amphibious? Yeah, land and sea. Yeah, land and water. I should say. I think they're. I think they can be considered amphibious. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if it says it because it says where they. Uh, I think I'm basing that off well. of Greek knowledge. Yes. Um, yes. So they have their. Uh, they have dark vision. They can see up to 60 feet, um, and their passive perception is 16, which isn't bad. Um, they have their multiple heads, so they start with five heads. Um, it has advantage on saving throws against being blinded, charmed, deafened, frightened, stunned, and knocked unconscious. Uh, and whenever the Hydra takes 25 or more damage in a single turn, one of the heads dies. Uh, if all the heads die, the Hydra dies, so at least there's that. Right. Um... It's one but, of the heads named Kevin. It can be. <laughs> uh, at the end of its turn, it grows two heads for each of its heads that died since its last turn, unless it has taken fire damage since its last turn. Right, because I think that cauterizes the stump. Yes. So it doesn't allow it to regrow. Yes. And they regain ten hit points for each head regrow- regrown. So if you chopped off three heads by like be- before its turn, it can grow back six. And get an additional 60 points yes. of health. Cauterize those wounds, baby. So, that sucks. Therefore, it makes them an honorable mention of scary. And. Or spoopy. And they have reactive heads. So, for each head uh, beyond the one, it gets an extra reaction that can be used. That's bullshit. Uh, for opportunity attacks. But still, <laughs> it, it has 10 heads. It gets 10, it gets 9 reactions. Yes. Yeah, and then while the Hydra sleeps, uh, at least one of the heads is awake, so you can never sneak up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they ha- it has the multi-attack, so it makes as many bite attacks as it has heads. So ten bite attacks. Yes. Because you have ten heads. Um, and so the bite is plus eight to hit, reaches ten feet for one target uh, per head. Jesus Christ. And the hit is ten, or 1d10 plus five, piercing damage. Jesus fuck. So, you know. That's bull. Uh, dishonorably honorable mention. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. All right. Um, our final honorable My mention. favorite. Okay, well, if it's your favorite, I'll let no, you read it. I'll let you read it. Okay. Yeah. So, our next one, another classic D&D character. This is and one we didn't even have to argue about. No, we not just, at all. I wrote it on the board and you were like, fuck yes, thank you. Well, because and the other thing is too, is that this particular creature you see literally in any type of medieval-esque video game. Um, and it's called the Mimic. And the Mimic is a shape-shifting predator that is able to take on the shape or form of an inanimate object. So it could be a wardrobe, a broomstick, a treasure box, 
literally any piece of furniture you could walk into a room. And it What's could, that stray sock? That's a mimic, and it just eats your face. Uh, that's actually kind of... <laughs> it goes on like a, like a stocking cap. <laughs> you know what I'm realizing? The ones that we find, or at least I find, the most creepy of our list have, like, the same thing in common. What is it? I hit my nose, so I'm about to sneeze. Look into the light. Ah! Um... Save me, purple skelly boy. Uh, the, Actually, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> the mimicry. Ah, that's a good point. They do have that in common. Yeah. I'm not counting the spider. Why do I'm I sound just... like John Legend? Why did I say John Legend? Oh my god. Yeah, you want to try again? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, let's read about mimics. All right. No, what's our social media? <laughs> Amy. <laughs> Why the fuck? Uh, no, I, I'm embarrassed now. I don't even know if I want to do this show anymore. Um, John Lennon is what I meant to say. Because you were too nasally and you were trying not to sneeze. I'll yeah. Give you, I'll give you the uh, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you the <laughs> so, mimics, they're pretty easy to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really fucking annoying because unless you actually look, you don't fucking know if it's if it's a creature that's going to eat your face or if it's this really cool treasure box that has probably thousands of thousands of gold in it you don't know so the mimic um (laughs) it has a weapon attack called a pseudopod yeah (laughs) and basically what that is is um it gives bludgeoning damage if the mimic is an object form the target target is accepted Wow, I am blind. The target is subjected to its adhesive trait. Take my glasses. No, I'm not gonna be able to see. And you're 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 blind. You are straight up blind. I am. So really. what the adhesive is? Um, the mimic adheres to anything that touches it. A huge or smaller creature adhered to the mimic is also grappled by it. Ability checks made to escape this grapple have disadvantage. So it also has a bite. Which is piercing gun. Yeah. And the, like I said, they're easy to kill. They're, yeah, they're not that hard. They're very annoying when you find them because you're like, ooh, treasure box. And it's like, ha ha, uh, psych bitch. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so it, it's an honorable mention because it's a classic. Leave the sticky note in, please. I wasn't going to take okay. it out. Why don't you check out the other one? But, so no, it, I didn't. You took it out. I, oh, my bad. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, it, it's an honorable mention because it's a classic. Um, but it's also, you know, they can be anywhere and be anything. Literally. Yeah. So it's it's the paranoia of it all. It really is. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't trust anything. And that's what's fucking annoying. A, a chair is never just a chair. But is it? What, what What is the chair? Critical role joke for those of you who don't know. Um, but this, you'll find the mimic on page. I already said. Oh, you did? Cool. Yeah. Never I mind. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. Because I was too busy trying not to sneeze. <laughs> well before that. Mm-mm. I hit my nose a while ago and it just started building. Um, yeah, so that is the mimic. So that completes our honorable mentions. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Good night. Um, this will now bring us to our top 13 spoopiest monsters. Yeah. Amy? All right. Uh, so, uh... Still in the monster manual is the, I never know how to say this, Zach knows, uh, the Remoraz. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just say Rimmer Haze. <laughs> the Rimmer Hazes. The Rimmer Hazes. <laughs> yeah, the Rimmer Haze. Um, and it, like, the, it's on page 258. I yeah. remember to say that. The picture of it in the manual looks fucking cool. It looks like a giant centipede. But, like, it... With teeth. But more. <laughs> like, like there, there's something about the face that I, I can't liken it to another insect, even though I can see it in my fucking brain. I just can't figure out what it is. Um, but it's creepy. Also, centipedes scare the fuck out of me. It's all the legs. Yeah. Think, uh, something shouldn't have that many legs. I don't know. I had one in my bedroom a couple of years ago, and I was on the phone with someone, and I literally hung up on them to call Zach... Because it was near the door and I couldn't escape. <laughs> so he came all the way upstairs to kill it for me. And it fell off the wall. And we could never find it again after that. So he didn't actually kill it. But man, was I paranoid for months. <laughs> <laughs> so I really hate things with legs. Um, Including humans. Yeah, we all got problems. <laughs> um, so I'm... This is one of the instances where you can talk about the different types. So there's the young and there's the adult. I'm just going to go with the adult because that's the one that... The adults are the ones that are going to deal the most damage. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, I figure I'm I'm just going to read the one instead of the two because it's, it's just... That's the one we were looking at when we made the list. Um, so even though it lives in Arctic climates... Uh, it has a heated body. So a creature that touches the Remoraz or hits it with a melee attack while within five feet of it takes uh, 10 or 3d6 fire damage. So, like, you're in the fucking snow and you burn. Yeah. I mean, at least the snow's there to put you out. Yeah, you literally just sit on your ass and your ass is no longer on fire. This is why it's at number 13. <laughs> yes. Um, and then it has... It just has the two tags. It has bite and swallow. Um, but, it, I mean, they're more difficult than you think. Yeah. If I were a DM, I would actually do a little homebrewing of this, and I would try to do some sort of grabby hands with the with the millions of little legs. But it has antennae on its face, so I think I would do that. Like, it would, it would reach know, forward the, and, and scrape. But the little, forward. can you just imagine the hands? <laughs> Like, like, just grabbing you? Like, that, to me, is more terrifying than some fucking antennae. I, I get it, but it doesn't look like it could reach its mouth with the hands very easily. Um, look at that fucking neck. True. Just true. deep throat it. Very true. Deep throat your private. Um, and I, I think one of the reasons why it, uh, well, also, it's immune to cold and fire. Yeah. So what the fuck? Um, <laughs> it's not just one, it's the other. Uh, I think one of the reasons why we put it on the list, um... It's a centipede-looking fucking creature, and that's part of the reason. Yes, but, I mean, we had so many that we could have chosen from. Um, Zach likes it particularly, and so he was excited about it. But also, Critical Role faced one of these. Mm -hmm. And they actually had a bit of a hard time. Yeah, they're kind of dicks. And, and it's that critical role. <laughs> <laughs> the the Remoraz is the, the it's what really gets you is the fired and the cold damage. Yeah. Or uh, resistance. I'm sorry. Um, because that's a lot of what your spells are going to be is either fired. I mean, you'll have you know your acid, your necrotic, and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, especially wizards, are like obsessed with fireball, 
Because one, it deals with a lot of damage. But two, this fucking thing is going to be just like, hey, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm resisting the fire. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot that it's... And it just looks ugly. It looks fucking fugly. And, you know, if people whose it's jobs not- it is to play D&D struggled, I think, you know... I think it deserves at least to be in the top 13. Yes. 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 So. I think we also, we stayed away from a lot of human and stuff, didn't we? We have a couple. We have a couple of humanoid stuff, but yeah, no, it's a good mix. Um, yeah. yeah. So, the next one is the Bone Devil, and this is on page seventy-one of your monster manual. And I am waiting for Miss Amy, <laughs> to, <laughs> who still has the book. I has to wait for you to read out what book it was to see if I. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Can't read upside down. Um, so the Bone Devil, I found this one particularly creepy looking. It's literally <sighs> gotta take the Thank off. you. <laughs> it's kind of like a mix. It reminds me a little bit of a f- like a fucked up fly. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's got it's it's all white. It has a skeletal face. It's bone. Mostly bone. Um, it has these long fucking claws and like claws that protrude out of its wrist. And it's got this really long bony tail that has a fucking like, um, scorpion stinger. Yeah, like a stinger, like that kind of like sharp object. And it's just, it is creepy as balls. And, um, the bone devil, there's really no good description other than that. Um, so the bone devil is. One of the things that sucks about it is it has magic resistance. Mm-hmm. The devil has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. So if you have a wizard or a cleric, any fucking person that is a magic baby in your party, they're not going to help you. Um, I mean, th- there's they might get lucky, you know, and the, the advantage save might still be low and shitty, but... You're less like likely. you're less likely to have that. Um, it also has something called Devil Sight, and unlike Dark Vision, Devil Sight is magical is um a lot more powerful. Magical darkness. So the for example, um, I think the spell is actually called Darkness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, it doesn't impede the Devil's vision. So you might cast this and be like, "Ha ha, you can't see me, bitch!" And it's like, "Ha ha, fuck you, bitch! Yes, I can." Um, it has a fair variety. It has just a few attacks. Um, it has an armor class of 19. Uh, and it has, um, for, it's proficient in intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws, which I found was very interesting. It is also resistant, resistant redistant. to literally, it is literally resistant to every fucking type of attack. It is resistant to cold. It is resistant to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical attacks not made with silvered weapons. So that's kind of bullshit. Because that literally, like, fucking knocks out half of your shit. So, you have to be specifically equipped yeah, to fight it. Exactly. Um, it also... Its languages... One of its languages is uh, telepathy. I was trying, to, I was trying mm. to say the word in my head. 
is telepathy. The idea of somebody being in your fucking brain is awful. Mm -hmm. Telling you things in your head sucks. I already have a nasty little voice in my head. I don't need another one, so fuck you, sir. Well, it's also, if it can get into your brain to talk to you, it can hear what you're planning oh, to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's mostly... So the DM can really play with that. Yeah, hint, hint, DMs. Um, so... Hint, hint. So, the multi-attack, yeah. Devil makes three attacks, two with its claws and one with its sting. So, the claw attack is a plus eight to hit. They can reach out to ten feet oh. and um, can do um, 1d8 plus four slashing damage. So, you can do up to twelve if you roll a really good, really good die. Mm -hmm. um, the sting, which is the tail, um, it's another plus eight to hit, ten foot reach, uh... If it hits, it is 13 piercing damage plus 5d6 poison damage. Oh. That sucks. <laughs> you have to succeed on a constitution saving throw. It's, I believe the DC is 14 uh, to combat it, but you'll still get half of the slashing damage. Um, a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to read. It doesn't actually... It doesn't actually say that, um, oh no, it does, it does. Uh, target must succeed on a DC 14 constitution saving throw or become poisoned for one minute. Mm. The target must repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself, on a success. So, again, he's kind of an asshole, and he looks terrifying. He looks like something out of nightmares, not out of my nightmares, but that'll come later. Um, but... Yeah, so the Bone Devil, I would definitely say, is up there. Um, oh, there's one more thing. The the Bone Devil Polearm. Um, basically, it is a melee weapon attack. Again, a plus 8 to hit. Uh, 2d, 12 plus 4 piercing damage. And it's literally on the forearm. It, 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 it's, a, it's a hook on its arm that you can stab you with. Ah. And it's awful. And it also grapples you guys. Oh yeah, yeah. So in the in the drawing of it, you can that that was the that was the part that was protruding out of its wrist. Yeah, so it's on its wrist, and it basically can fish hook you. Yes, it fish hooks you, and it can pull you in. Thankfully, grappled doesn't mean you can't attack it, but it is you're, a pain in the you're ass. Up close. I hate the elongated creatures. Oh yeah, no, they're awful. Yeah. All I right. Don't, I don't like them at all. All right, so Amy, what is number 11? The doppelganger. These and, just suck. Yeah. Um, it is. I know. <laughs> uh, it's in the Monster Manual as well, and it's on page 82. Um, to quote, welcome to Night Vale, kill your double. <sighs> um, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what a doppelganger is from... Pop culture. Any form of both the show Supernatural and just supernatural occurrences of what a doppelganger is. Yes. They're they're all over, you know, mythology and stuff like that. It is, you know, a creature that takes your likeness. Um, exact likeness. Exact likeness, depending on where you get the information from. For the, the myth of them, they can also take parts of your personality or some mm -hmm. of your most recent... Uh, memories with it um 
honestly, like it's it's terrifying. I like the mimicry of it. Someone, it, it's the same reason with uh, changeling children that freaks me the fuck out. Which is that kind of nightmare about the other Oh god. Oh my god! Like I curled up in bed. I'm like, get the fuck away from me! I don't even want that thought near me. Um, Maybe he's a changeling. <laughs> shut the fuck up! I sleep with that. Um, it's a terrifying concept, but also I would fucking love to play a character that's a doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Because that would be so cool and such like a twist for a campaign. Oh yeah. So, but that that aside. That aside. Um. So. Pick up the book here. Why are you like this? <laughs> um, so they cannot be charmed. Mm-hmm. Um, they so they have shape changer, which you know it can use its action to polymorph into a smaller medium humanoid. Uh, it has seen or back into its true form, which is just—it's also elongated. It's a tall Smurf. It, it, <laughs> With like no f- nose or face or really anything like that. Uh, with with the movie Voldemort nose, <laughs> no mouth, and blank eyes with no cornea or pupil. Aren't they yellow? No. 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 It's just because the background is a little Got darker. It. Um, but like they're they're not proportionate if you look at it at all. No, they're not. Uh, they have hockey player neck, but the rest was a match. <laughs> For reference, I love hockey. <laughs> um, but, so they can change shape. Uh, its statistics, other than its size, are the same in each form. So at least you don't have it, you know, changing, you know, to be worse stats if you change into someone who's a gnome or whatever. Um, but any equipment it's wearing or carrying isn't transformed. And when it dies, it reverts to its true form. Uh, but it has the ambusher attack, um, so it has advantage on attack rolls in the first round of combat uh, against any creature it's surprised, which most of the time doppelgangers go right for the surprise. Um, and it goes into another thing it has, which is the surprise attack. Um, <laughs> if the doppelganger surprises a creature and hits it with an attack during the first round of combat, the target takes an extra 10 or 3d6 damage from the attack. Mm-hmm. And it has multi-attack, so it makes two melee attacks. Uh, it can slam you. Come on and slam. And welcome to the jam. Come on and slam if you want to jam. So it has a melee attack weapon, which is plus six to hit. It can reach five feet for one target. The hit is either seven uh, or 1d6 plus four bludgeoning damage. And this is just the doppelganger in its natural form. Yes. Um, So whatever they, they get from traveling with you. Or from just traveling in another form. Yes. Um, can also read thoughts from anyone within 60 feet of it. So it goes back to the bone devil. Yes. It's it's surface thoughts, so it's not going to, like, go deep it into can't your go, subconscious. Yeah, it can't go into your memories. Yes. But if you're trying, again, if you're trying to strategize and plan in the moment, mm-hmm. it's going to fucking not. Mm-hmm. Um, the effect can penetrate barriers, but three feet of wood or dirt, two feet of stone, two inches of metal... Or a thin sheet of lead blocks it. Uh, while the target is in range, the doppelganger can continue reading its thoughts as long as the concentration isn't broken, as if with a concentration spell. Um, while reading the target's mind, the doppelganger has advantage on wisdom and charisma. So it's insight, deception, intimidation, and persuasion that against. Makes, it makes the a lot of sense. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. 
Did I ever tell you that Jared thinks he saw a doppelganger of me at his old house? <laughs> like, we picked this because I'm terrified of him. Why are you going to do this to me? Like, I already told you that Zach had that nightmare about our change changeling child. I don't need... Oh, God, it was your changeling child? I thought it was just a changeling child. The nightmare was that we were asleep in bed, and our two- or three-year-old kid... We don't have kids yet. But our two- or three-year-old kid woke, woke him up to say he had a nightmare. And so he's bringing the kid back to bed and he's holding the kid and places them in bed and he sees the sh a shadow lump next to it and lightning goes and the one he just laid down in bed is gone. Oh God. <laughs> in the flash. So you just see the one that's already asleep and then when it gets dark again, he sees the one he just laid down next to the lump that is the actual kid. I will say. And he told me that and I'm like, Look, I don't want to give birth now. I find oh. changelings really fascinating. Just like the mythos behind it. Oh, I know. Especially when you think about it and like the descriptions of it. Um, it it definitely lends credence to um, neurodivergent people mm -hmm. in history. Mm -hmm. They're not as loud as kids normally are. Maybe they're autistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always thought that was fascinating. They're fascinating. But the fame. I I want to learn more about the, the, the fame mythos as well, just mm -hmm. in general, because I feel like we don't know a lot about it. Like we learn a lot about like Greek history and ancient Egyptian history, which is fine. I love ancient Egyptian history. Pretty sure I have a book of the, the Irish fairy tales. I would fucking sure love that. That stuff. would be fucking cool. Mm -hmm. I've been playing this Nancy Drew game, guys. That <laughs> takes place in Ireland, and they bring up fate. Like there's a face circle at this castle, and like they bring up the idea that the person you're looking for was taken away by uh, what they call the good people which is the fairies the good quote-unquote people so uh i've been kind of fascinated with irish and fae mythos and stuff i read one of the paragraphs oh, while you it? were talking about and it's about their children it's about the changeling children oh god there we go so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> doppelgangers are too lazy or self-interested to raise their young <laughs> so they make somebody else they're, do they're, it they're deadbeats so they they have sex with a person the kid is born and they leave them and then the kid like once they reach double digits is when it gets the abilities and then it leaves isn't there a bird that does that um there's a bird that will push the eggs out of oh, the Oh, that's nest. the kookaburra. Yeah, and lay its own eggs. There you go. In See. the nest, so they don't have to do any of the work of actually warming them and feeding them. Kookaburra sits in the old country. Laugh. Kookaburra laugh. Kookaburra your life must be. Yeah. Alright. So those are the doppelgangers and just the concept of them is creepy as shit. And there's one part in one of the paragraphs where it talks about, you know, either they could kill the person they're impersonating. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, the creature that they're impersonating or whatever, they can keep them alive. Huh? For an extended period of time, so they can keep probing their mind for their thoughts and fears and scattered memories, because those are all surface level. Fuck, now I want to be a doppelganger. Right? <laughs> right? Maybe I am a doppelganger. <laughs> Kill your double. Ah. Hey, or sis. torture. Sis. I'll kill you. <laughs>
I don't care if you're older. I had this face first. Because <laughs> Amy and her sister are like twins. Yeah, my whole family has the same face. Yeah. If you look at photos of, it's really funny. So we used to. You look to, like triplets, actually. Yeah, me and. With your brother. And my brother and my sister all look the same. If you, we used to. You all wear the same glasses, too. Shut up. <laughs> that doesn't help. No, not at all. Especially since we all wind up dyeing our hair the same colors around the same time. <laughs> um, we used to have this, this like, um, folding photo set, you know, where you just, like, have the two. Oh, yeah. Photos next to each other. We used to have it up uh, on the baker's rack at home, which was just like our Sheldon unit. We called yeah. it the baker's rack. Um, it was a picture of me in third grade. It was a picture of my mom in third grade. And the only way you could tell the difference was that her photo was faded. <laughs> because just, you know, over time. Age. Yeah. And then, like, a couple things over was a, a photo of dad when he was younger fucking face mm-hmm. is me i look like my mom and i look like my dad there's no one or the other it's there's no pretty one or the even other. it's really it's even and it's like oh yeah people say like you sound like your mom on the phone or you sound like your dad on the phone and it's typically you know the parent that they know more but it's like no i am both of my parents mm-hmm. i just realized i'm flipping you off <laughs> trying to <laughs> that's fine but <laughs> but you know it's it's insane. So it's like, you know, my, my siblings used to tell me I was adopted when I was little. It's like... There's no way. Look at me. I'm the one person in the world you can't tell this to. <laughs> I'm not... I wasn't found on a safari in Africa. I'm not a robot you found under a rock. Like, I... I am identical to everyone in this family on both sides. I can never leave. Maybe you're the doppelganger. <laughs> Probably. I think, I think we're all doppelgangers. Since you... We're all doppelgangers and we all just saw the same face. <laughs> That's why I'm so scared. It's, it's because a family I'm of doppelgangers. It's because I'm, I'm confronting the truth about myself. Oh, oh. That's so funny. <laughs> all right. So, number 10. Also in the Monster Manual. Page 177. Also what I see in the mirror. No. Right. <laughs> this one, it's we kind of generalized it, but for me, I have a more specific one. What um, is it now? It's the hag. What I see in the mirror. So the hag is <laughs> in basically a witch. It, it, it's basically it's it's a witch. They have covens. They have certain magics. Um. They all have the ability to have an illusionary appearance. Um, they all have innate spell cast- casting. Um, they're I don't all- know if all of them do, but majority of them do. I think there was one that didn't. She didn't. See hag. Yeah, the sea so hag the, is the only one. That there's, there's different types of hags. There's the green hag. Oh, shit, there's no back there. <laughs> there's the green hag. There's the night hag. There's the sea hag. Then there's another hag that I can't think of. That's in a different book. I, I believe you. it's in Ravenloft. Um, but for me, I think the most terrifying of them all is the Night Hag. Because let's because yes. of the three that are in the Monster Manual, I feel like the Night Hag has the more ability to do things. Um, so she has claws as a melee weapon. She has magical resistance, uh, which I don't believe... 
Yeah, nope. The other two hags do not have magic resistance. She has magic resistance. Uh, if it's not in that one, it's going to be in It had Volos. a different name in the book, and I think that's why we couldn't... It starts with an A. I do remember that. Um, so she she has magic resistance, innate spellcasting. Um, at will, she Ow. can detect magic or do magic missile. Um, and then twice a day, she can either plane shift or use Ray of Enfeeblement, or sleep. Um, she also has the ability to change shape. She can po polymorph into a small or medium female humanoid or back into her true form. Um, and her stats will stay the same, so she doesn't weaken. Granted, she doesn't strengthen either, but she doesn't fucking weaken. Um, she has something also called etherealness. Um, she magically enters the ethereal plane from the material plane or vice versa. Um, but she does have to have a heart stone in her possession. It's a type of object. Um, so she can't always do it. Anis Hag. What? Anis Hag. Anis Hag. That's what it's called. Um, but this is kind of why I considered her the more terrifying one. Yeah. Have y'all ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> no. So once a day. And this is actually, we just did an episode, um, recorded an episode about a one-shot that I'm planning on writing. And this is actually the creature that I'm planning on using as my quote-unquote BBEG. Um, she has something called a nightmare haunting. She could do it once a day, obviously at night. Um, while on the ethereal plane, the hag magically touches a sleeping humanoid on the material plane. A protection from evil and good spell cast on the target prevents this contact, as does magic circle. However, as long as the contact persists and the protection from good and evil and everything is not on this person, the target has dreadful visions. These visions at la last for at least an hour and the target gains no benefit from its rest. So even if you're doing a long fucking rest, you ain't getting the benefit of the long rest mm -hmm. and you might get an exhaustion point. Mm -hmm. um, your hit point maximum is reduced by 5 or 1d10. If this effect reduces the heart, the, the heart, the target's hit point maximum to zero, the target dies. So you do not come back. You are not unconscious. You are fucking dead. No saving throws. No saving throws. If the target has a morality of evil, its soul is trapped in the hag's soul bag. And she is the only hag to have a soul bag. Um... The reduction to the target's hit point maximum lasts until removed by a greater restoration spell or similar magic. So, it's mostly permanent uh, damage to your um, hit points. Mm -hmm. um, she also has this ability, or feat, I guess, called Soulmongers. It kind of goes along with the, with the Nightmare Haunting. Um... While a humanoid sleeps, a night hag can straggle the person ethereally and intrude upon its dreams. Any creature with true sight can see the hag's spectral form straddling its prey. The ethereal hag fills her victim's heads with doubts and fears in the hope of tricking and performing evil acts in the waking world. The hag continues her nightly visitations until the victim finally expi expires in its sleep. That is actually um, what a mythological hag does yeah that's why you have sleep paralysis um in the stories is that they're sitting on your chest compressing your air and they're feeding off of your nightmares that they give you yep she's why she's my least so 
that is why I specifically picked her. Yes. The sea hag, you know, she's she's fine, but she doesn't really do anything. Like her biggest thing is called a death glare, and it just makes you scared of her. It just frightens her. She uses intimidation. Right. The green hag is just kind of like your everyday normal hag. She's fine. She can be creepy, but she doesn't have any sort of, necess- like, extra to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the other one, though. I don't think she did either. I think she can just walk on ice, and that's about it. Uh, the, the Anna's hag yeah. is in the mountains and stuff, and they ha- uh, she has a crushing hug. Yeah, so, she just loves you too much. But yeah, so, that is why the night hag, the hags, but the night hag specifically, yes. is at number ten. It makes the top ten, mm-hmm. because she fucking, my nightmare, f- fucking freddies you to a point, until you basically die. I mean, think about what he looks like. All burnt and crispy. Well, yeah, and also yeah, he has the, the claws and the hands. So yeah. yeah, the hag is very known for her claws yeah. and everything like that. And she, because from from the and st- she's just a nightmare creature. The, the story of the hags when they sit on you, they have their hand along your clavicle and they dig those in, and that's mm-hmm. where they actually do the sucking. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you want that to give you a good suck though. Sounds awful. All right, yeah. Amy, what is number nine? Here, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have this one right for the next one. So go okay. ahead. What is number nine? The carionette. I didn't like this thing either. It's in Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. It's on page 231. Um, this is the one that reminded me most of the Goosebumps books. Um, carionette. <sighs> Living doll. Yes. It's a doll with a soul. For those of you who have doll fears, this fucking thing is awful. Specifically like marionette. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Marionette. That's why she's called Carionette. Um, Marionette and uh, Ventrophus dummies for me. <laughs> We're going to have nightmares today. <laughs> How the hell with me? <laughs> Where's your sloth? Here's Simon. <laughs> Push out his pointy chin. <laughs> yeah, he's got a butt chin going on. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> can you do this one? Yes, I can. <laughs> I think. So carionettes are literally dolls that have a soul in them. And it's not just that they're a living doll that doesn't need sustenance or anything to survive. It's it's a doll that don't do that neck turn to me. Sorry. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> turn the light on. <laughs> no. Um, they, and this is where it gets goosebumpy. Um. They try to switch places with the people in possession of them. Host. Yes. Um, so, let's see. Uh, yeah. Heartfelt wishes breathe life into a beloved toy, and for a time a creator might feel blessed by their new companion. But carionettes aren't content to live as toys and seek to escape the confines of their diminutive bodies. Each carionette possesses a silver needle that pins its soul to its body. By posing as simple toys or hiding the, yeah, or hiding their desires, a carionette gets close to an unsuspecting victim. It then uses its needle to swap souls with the victim, stealing the victim's body while trapping the victim's soul in its own doll-like frame. The carionette then imprisons its own body, keeping the... There's a typo in the book. Is there? Yes. Keeping the animated doll what hidden... Is it? Animate doll. 
up. The animated doll hidden while it explores the world in its stolen guise, often that of the very person who wished the Karina into being. Imagine if Pinocchio took out Geppetto. Yeah, I think the these one-shot sets that I'm doing has a version of the Karianet. Mm-hmm. And it could be any type of toy or piece of art. Mm-hmm. While marionettes and porcelain dolls also fucking creepy, um, because they always make them look like the child they're for, yeah. and they use their own hair. You know, maybe we should have done a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. I didn't think about it. I'll put it in the description. Thank you. Because <laughs> as I'm listening to this, I'm like, there are some people that are deathly afraid of things like dolls. They're deathly afraid of spiders. spiders and I'm one of them. The nightmare creature we're going to do in like, a little bit. You you don't hear or feel my heartbeat. It, I literally am having like an anxiety attack while I read this. Yeah. like So, guys, sorry. We're going to add a trigger warning to this episode's description just to warn you. You know, you know what we'll do. I mean, you're gonna hear it because it will be posted. Uh, there's gonna be a, a verbal one at the beginning. Cool, awesome. We'll add it. Yeah, it's not added now, but we're gonna add it. We'll so, add it later. So yeah, once we're done is, recording, we'll add. You know, I don't get triggered by stuff like this, but others but do. But hearing it, you're kind of yeah, kinda hearing I'm it. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> this could get bad. No, I don't like this next sentence I read. Read it. They often affect unsettlingly childlike personalities. That's not so, that's not surprising. But so if you're afraid of children, well, yeah, but it it but is. But like you, like childlike dolls that like I know that that's a specific fear. I just didn't like reading it after we talked about that. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. What's its stats like? What What does it do? Uh, I mean, they're not that hard to fight. No, but the fact that it's a doll. Yeah. Uh, They are resistant to poison and psychic. They cannot be charmed, frightened, or poisoned. That's not shocking. Um, They understand the languages of its creator. Mm. Mm-hmm. Lifting the book. Yeah, the carrionette doesn't require air, food, drink, or sleep. Um, if the carionette is motionless at the start of combat, it has advantage on its initiative roll. Moreover, if a creature hasn't observed the carionette move or act, that creature must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom slash perception check to discern that the carionette is animate. Mm -hmm. The actions are silver needle and soul swap. So the silver needle... Stabby step. Huh? Stabby step. Yeah. Uh, is a melee weapon attack. Plus four to hit. Uh, the reach is five feet, which is big for a doll. Uh, for one creature. Uh, when you hit, it's one piercing damage plus three. Uh, or one d6 necrotic damage. And the target must succeed on a dc12 charisma saving throw or become cursed for one minute. While cursed in this way, the target speed is reduced by ten feet and it must roll a d4 and subtract the number rolled from each ability check or attack roll it makes. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then soul swap. The carrionet targets a creature uh, it can see within 15 feet of it that is cursed by its silver needle. So it, it requires silver needle to have already cursed you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think with the fact that it only has these two things, it must happen pretty often for its oh, attacks. Yeah. Um, 
Unless the target is protected by a protection from evil and good spell, it must succeed on a DC 12 charisma saving throw or have its consciousness swapped with a carionet. So paladins and clerics have that spell readily available mm-hmm. <laughs> at all times. The carionet gains control of the target's body and the target is unconscious for one hour, after which it gains control of the carionet's body. While controlling the target's body, the carionet retains its intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores. Ah. Uh, intelligence is eight. <laughs> with a negative one modifier. Wisdom is 14 with a plus two modifier, and charisma is 14 with a plus two. Huh. Um, so I was like, maybe that'd be good. Saw the intelligence. Nah. <laughs> it's a doll. <laughs> um... It does not gain access to the target's knowledge, class features, or proficiencies. Uh, it otherwise uses control body statistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if the carionet's body is destroyed, both the carionet and the target die. If you're swapped. Uh, protection from evil and good spell cast on the controlled body drives the carionet out and returns the consciousness of both creatures to their original bodies. The swap is also undone if the controlled body takes damage from the carionet's silver needle. So, again... Have that fucking spell prepared. Yep. Paladins. Or get that fucking needle out of its hand. That too. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a goddamn doll. Yeah. So that's why it's on the list, mostly because it's a doll and it's a doll that tries to take over your body. And it's one of the very first Goosebumps stories I ever read as a kid, and I was definitely not in the age group that those books were for when Neither I read was it. my husband. <laughs> my mom sold all of them. I think Tara's mom did too. Yeah. I mean, I didn't tell mom to keep them. I, none of us cared, but it's like retrospect. You wish you Should have kept them. Yeah. Should have kept all those Disney books too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, no. <laughs> so number, <laughs> number eight, um, kind of also another, I, I'd say a class in D, classic D&D uh, monster, but also... If you're fans of Stranger Things, your big baddie from season two and season three, the Mind Flayer. Yes. Um, yes. And what's pretty awesome is that uh, for the most part, Stranger Things got it pretty on the nose, I would say, uh, in regards to the type of creature it is. Especially with um, how different they did the Demogorgon. Yeah, exactly. Because they named it because they were just like, eh. Yeah. But, but yeah, the mind flare is pretty close. Um, uh, uh, it's bigger. It, it's a lot more. They dramatized um, it. But, yeah, but the effects are still the the, the 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 powers and the effects and the attacks are still pretty on par. <laughs> um, so basically, mind flares are a scourge of sentient creatures. Um, basically, they have these different things. Um, one of them is called psionic commanders, mind flares. Possess psionic powers that enable them to control the minds of creatures. Um, they also have hive mind colonies. Excuse me. Oh my god. Really? Uh, solitary mind flayers are likely rogues and outcasts. Uh, most of them belong to a, ca- a colony of sibling mind flayers devoted to an elder brain. So they all think the same thing. They're basically a cult. Um, except well, so they have an excuse for it because the, it's part of their biology. They can't uh, yeah. Uh, we're also going to probably wind up talking about the mind flare a little bit too later down because they they're in relation to something else on the list and i'm excited to talk about that sure i'll go with that um I- <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck you. laughs> 
<laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, and they also have hunger of the mind. Mind flayers are really big on feeding on braids of humanoids. These provide enzymes. They provide hormones, um, psychic energy. Uh, and What's it, the name of the person who's attracted to intelligence? What? What's the What's the name of the type of people that are attracted to intelligence? Because they're hungry for the brain. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Look at me like I'm weird. Because God, a bitch. that's... Okay. So... Because now you threw me off. Me. Uh, okay, so... They're healthy from a brain-rich diet secrets a thin glazed mucus that coats the most skin of the brain. So, they, they just, like... They're it, worse than zombies. They, right. They, they thrive off your brain. Uh-huh. So, um... Obviously, they have an intelligence... Of a 19 Ooh. with a plus 4 modifier. Ooh. Wisdom's not that far behind at 17 plus 3. Charisma is the same. Um, so they have magic resistance. So meaning, again, advantage on saving thrones. They have innate spell casting, meaning um, it can innately cast the following spells requiring no components. Um, they can detect thoughts and they can levitate. Because, again, they're feeding off the brain. Um, and once a day, they have the ability to dominate a monster, um, and they can plane shift. But they can only plane shift themselves. You can't plane shift another person. Mm-hmm. Um, so their actions, they have a wonderful um, melee weapon uh, called tentacles. Um, it, it's psychic. It, it provides psychic damage, and if it's medium or smaller creature, uh, they grapple them. Um and they have to succeed on a DC 15 intelligence saving throw or be stunned until the grapple ends. It's basically, it's like the start of this next one attack uh, called Extract Brain. Um, one incapacitated humanoid grappled by the Mind Flayer. Um, you get 55 or 10d10 piercing damage. Uh, this damage reduces the target to zero hit points. The Mind Flayer kills the target by extracting and devouring its brain. So they get their sustenance and they kill you. And then they have a rechargeable attack, a re- recharge on a D6, so a 5 or 6. Um, it's called Mind Blast. The Mind Flayer magically emits psychic energy in a 60-foot cone. The, each creature in that area must succeed on a DC 15 intelligence saving throw or take 22 or 4d8 plus 4 psychic damage, and be stunned for one minute. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, and in the effect on itself, on itself on a success. So by doing that, that gives them the ability to uh, grapple you with the tentacles, and then eventually eat your brain. Um, Sexy. Yeah, there, there's also a variant of the Mind Flayer. It's called the Mind Flayer Arcanist. So they're primarily a little bit more magical, uh, than um, a normal mind flayer, but the reason we put them um, higher on the list than like the um, the doppelganger is because the mind flayer has more abilities to actually fuck you up. While they're tougher. well, yes, they're tougher. While the doppelganger on a psych like on a psychology level will probably mess with your brain, um, the mind flayer actually tries to eat it. Um, and I don't know if that's something you can come back from on a Revivify. I don't think you can. No. Because that's a piece of you that's missing. So. I'm real curious about if you have a doppelganger in your party. Sorry, Zach. 
Yeah, he's switching to the bedroom from the office. Uh, our door squeaked. Scared the crap out of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be interesting if you had a doppelganger in your party and then the bad guy wound up being a, a mind flayer. That would be interesting. But yeah, so they have a lot. They're a lot, a little more tougher. They have a lot more abilities than the it's doppelganger. Like when Dracula had a kid, that is literally what the picture looks like. So look wise, not that terrifying. <laughs> kind of silly looking. More terrifying look in Stranger Things. Yes, I I do prefer the look of the mind flare in Stranger Things because it's not necessarily shapeless, but I don't know. There's just something about about. Shadowy. Yeah, I think that's it. But yeah, no. So Mind Flayer, number eight. Um, that's on page 221 and 222 of the Monster Handbook um, because there's a lot to the Mind Flayer. Oh, really? It's two pages. Yeah, it's two pages. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So what is number seven? Go ahead and take your stuffed animal there. Thank you. Because I didn't like this thing. This I also love this thing. <laughs> yes, this thing is cool, but also, fuck that. Um, so, we chose specifically the Elder Ublex. Yes. Is how Zach pronounced it, but it has one O, so Ublex. I think, I think it's, it's Ublex. I think it's Ublex. So we chose the Elder Ublex. However, this category, or uh, this reading at number seven is also kind of encompassing all the oozes and puddings. And Ooblexes. But mostly this guy. But mostly this guy because it's got the coolest stuff. I would, yeah, I would definitely say that. But like, and I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think puddings and oozes were all that scary. And then I was just like. Then we found, and then I think it was Zach that told us about this one. He told us about this one. We looked at it like, that's fucking cool. We'll, We'll talk about this one specifically. Yeah. But I was watching Critical Role and. uh The pudding. One of the characters was alone in one of the caves because they were scouting ahead and they saw pudding. Didn't really think about it and touched the pudding and it went out and grappled them and and a whole thing happened. Mm -hmm. But it, like, not genuinely terrified me, but it startled me and I was like, oh, shit, this whole interaction is a fucking nightmare. I don't like any of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, I believe it. Because, like, gelatinous cube you think is kind of funny, but it's like, no, like, there's instances no. where it can be really fucking it difficult. It can swallow you yeah, and digest you. you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it sounds funny, and then, like, you get into And the, then it happens to you, and then it's not yeah, funny anymore. And then you get into the thick of it, and you're like, oh, this is thick, and not where I like it. <laughs> it's thick pudding. <laughs> Ugh. Um, you know what? I actually really want some pudding right now. I know, I'm hungry. <laughs> Me too. Continue. Elder Oblex. So the Elder Oblex, um, it's, it's, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read all of its stats. Um, so it has, it has no negative modifiers. Yeah. Uh, strength is 15 with a plus two. Dexterity is a 16 with a plus three. Constitution is a 21 with a plus 5. Jesus Christ. Intelligence is a 22 with a plus 6. You know what? Knowing what it does, that's not actually that surprising. I know. Wisdom is a 13 with a plus 1. And then Charisma is 18 with a plus 4. Saving throws. Uh, 
intelligence plus 10 and charisma plus 8. Yes. Uh, with skills, plus 10 arcana, plus 8 deception, plus 10 history, plus 10 nature, plus 5 perception, and plus 10 religion. Forgot to say, it's in Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes on page 219. Um, conditioned immunities cannot be blinded, charmed, deafened, uh, no exhaustion, and cannot be prone. Uh, yes, yeah, it's an ooze. You can't prone an ooze. Blind sight of 60 feet. It's blind beyond 60 feet. Uh, passive perception is 15. Languages. Common plus six more. Jesus. It doesn't list them. It just it's says just plus It's just whatever six you more. want, I think. I yeah. Think it's just based on whatever you want. But it's like, it's, I gotta write it out like that. <laughs> uh, it's amorphous, so it can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing. Uh, aversion to fire. If uh, it takes fire damage, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the end of its next turn. Uh, it has innate spellcasting. Uh, the spellcasting ability for it is intelligence. The spell save is uh, DC 18. It can innately cast the following spells requiring no material components. Uh, at will, it can charm a person as a fifth level spell. Detect thoughts and hold person. And mm. uh, three times a day each. Confusion, dimension door, dominate person, fear, hallucinatory terrain, hold monster, hypnotic pattern, and telekinesis. Uh, it also has sulfurous impersonation. As a bonus action, it can extrude a piece of itself that assumes the appearance of one medium or smaller creature whose memories it has stolen. Uh, the simulacrum, I said it right, appears, feels, and sounds exactly like the creature it impersonates, though it smells faintly of sulfur. There's a lot of S's in the sentence. <laughs> I keep feeling like I'm going to drool with all of it, so I'm just like, excuse me. <laughs> uh, it can impersonate 2d6 plus 1 different creatures, each one tethered to its body by a strand of slime that can extend up to 120 feet away. Uh, for all practical purposes, the simulacrum uh, is the oblex, meaning the oblex occupies its space, uh, and the uh, simulacrum's space simultaneously. <laughs> Jesus. Right? Uh, the slimy tether <laughs> is immune to damage, but it is severed if there is no opening at least one inch wide between the ooblex's main body and the simulacrum. The simulacrum disappears if the tether is severed. <laughs> this, I have to, like, work out my jaw here. What is that literary term for, like... Sibilance. For, like, the... Like, for if, like, words are the same letter in the same sentence... Is that what it's called? Okay. Uh, yeah, of course it is with us. Um, so the actions, it has multi-attack. Uh, it can make two sotopod attacks and uh, uses eat memories. So it can do all that at once. Uh, pseudopod, which is a <clears throat> melee weapon attack, plus seven to hit, reaches ten feet for one target. Uh, to hit it's 17 or 4d6 plus 3 bludgeoning damage plus 7 or 2d6 psychic damage. And eat memories. 
<laughs> that was so loud to me. It's like echoed. Uh, it targets one creature it can see within five feet of it. The target must succeed on a DC 18 wisdom saving throw or take 44 or 8d10 psychic damage and become memory drained until it finishes a short or long rest or until it benefits from the greater restoration or heal spell. Constructs, oozes, plants, and undead succeed on the save automatically. While memory drained, the target must roll a d4 and subtract the number rolled from any ability check or attack roll it makes. Each time the target is memory drained beyond the first, the die size increases by one. The d4 becomes a d6, the d6 becomes a d8, so and, and so, so on until it becomes a d20. Jesus. At which point the target becomes unconscious for an hour. The effect then ends. Uh, when an ooblex causes a target to become memory drained, the ooblex learns all the languages the target knows and it gains all its proficiencies except any saving throw proficiencies. To me, what would be really interesting concept with this particular creature is taking the memories of a a target and then manipulating them by, like, showing them, like, their dead mother or something. That's actually a really fascinating concept. But, yeah, no. Well, it also has the hallucinatory terrain, so it could literally show you the dead bodies of your whole family or the people you love most uh-huh. as the rough terrain around you. So it's a lot of psychic fucked up in the head damage. and four. And that's not 4d4, that's 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. 40 plus 4. Yeah. Or 4. Or. Or 80. Or 8d10. Yeah. Which could be 80. Which could be 80. She wrote really fucking well. Holy Yeah, that that'll Holy. that'll fuck somebody up. And also the idea of it, you know, taking your memories and basically playing them in front of you to torture you and torment you. Psychologically. Not only that, but combining it with their melee. Oh yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Because two pseudopod attacks. And can use e-memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It's pretty awful. But it's also super cool. Number I mean, seven. Yeah, number seven. Uh, number six is in the same book. What book is that? It is in Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. On page... 117? Yep, 117. Here you go, my love. Trade books. So, uh, the Astral Dreadnought... Um, and the reason this one was kind of chosen is because it's a big boy. It's a big boy. It's a big boy. Ow. Um, the Astral Dreadnought is a monstrosity, um, and it it's on the silvery void of the astral plane. So the 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 kind of downside by of this is that it's not always going to be in the material plane where you're normally going to be. But if you do, for whatever reason, decide to travel through the astral plane, and I believe plane. Uh, the astral plane, and I do believe that if they have the opportunity, they can leave, and I think that was the whole point of Okoto um, from Critical Role, because I believe he was a dreadnought um, of some sort. Uh, no, he's not. Never mind. No. no, 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 no. He was running from a dreadnought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to look it up, because now I want to know. So, um... They've been gliding through the astral mist since the dawn of the multiverse, trying to devour other creatures. He's they a ain't, That's it. 
other creatures they encounter. Um, they can be as big as an ancient red dragon, covered from head to toe in layers of thick spike plates. The dreadnought, oh Jesus, um, oh that's a lot of information. Has two gnarled limbs at the end of razor sharp pincher claws. So it has some things like the anti magic eye. Um, basically, what this does is that um, when one stares gazes into the eye of a national dreadnought, what what they will see is redirected in the star starry void of the sudden terrifying realization that none of its own mortality. Wow, that sentence did not. Can you say it again? Yeah, Jesus fuck. I think my eye like I, I, I. Feel like you spoke a different language. It did not compute. Astral sailors claim that insanity awaits anyone who gazes into the eye of an astral dreadnought. What one sees reflected in that starry void is the sudden terrifying realization of one's own mortality. I don't know if I'm tired or if I had a stroke. An existential crisis. I I don't know what happened in that sentence, but even when I said it, it made no sense. Do you understand it now? I do now. Okay. So spellcasters have cause to fear the eye more than the others since it emits continuous anti-magic field. So if you're going, if it's staring at you, it's going to cut off your ability to use magic. Um. Astral Predator. I do find it funny, though, that people look at it and go, oh my god, I'm 40. (laughs) (laughs) I have to make it not as scary somehow. (laughs) It's an Astral Predator, so it's a remorseless, indiscriminate hunter. Um, It employs terrifying, if unimaginative, (laughs) tactics. It uses teeth and claws to tear apart its prey. Um, It's instinctively aware of how dangerous spellcasters can be, so hence the anti-magic gaze. Um, it doesn't communicate, it simply consumes any prey it finds, and then continues on its silent, you know, traveling through the astral plane. Um, they are titans of the chained gods. So there's a chained god called Thrasdun. Um, he, cr- I think this is, this is actual, um... Roll or two. Mm-hmm. Um, he created the astral dreadnoughts to devour pla- um, devour planner travelers who are seeking portals that lead from the astral plane to the outer planes. Um, they don't procreate, so their population can't grow. Um, and in titanic nature, although it eats and sleeps, if it so desires, an astral dreadnought, dreadnought doesn't actually require air, food, or drink, or sleep. So, it's like a carrying net. Yeah, it's like a carrying net, but much bigger, and I... You don't know what's know. something that's going to make Karen less scary to me? Hmm. What's the name sound like? Karen? Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Um, so they have natural Just armor. A bunch of little Karens. They have natural armor uh, of 20. Oh, God. So they're not easy to hit. Um, their strength is a 28 with a modifier of plus 9. <laughs> <gasps> Uh, right under that is Constitution of 25 with a plus 7. Mm-hmm. Um, damage, res- damage, res- Jesus Christ. Damage resistances are bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. It is also immune from being charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, prone, or stunned. Let me take a breath. Right. Um... So we talked about the anti-magic cone. Um, it's in an, it's more detail on that. It's a 150-foot cone. So okay. 
anybody within 150 feet of that of him in, in that, that point in that direction um are stuck in the anti-magic cone um it, and it's at the start of its turn it it makes a decision if i want to look this way or i want to look that way mm-hmm. so if somebody's pissing him off on the right he's gonna look at the right mm-hmm. <laughs> um but the cone doesn't function when the dreadnought eye is closed or while the dreadnought is blinded so blind the fuck out of it or poke it in the eye <laughs> Sneak up on it when it's sleeping and keep its eyes shut. It doesn't sleep. Fuck. <laughs> so you can't sneak attack it. Come up behind it. That doesn't work. <laughs> so, astral entity. Um. Also, there's my answer. Um, astral dreadnought can't leave the astral plane. So that's kind of like a, a good reason to not fear it as much because it can't leave the astral plane. But when you're in the astral plane. You really got to make a decision of whether or not you have the ability to fight it. Um, it also has a thing called Demi Planner Donjon. Yeah, that's what it says. D O N J O N. Any creature or object that Astral Dreadnought swallows is transported to, transported to a demi plane that can be entered by no other means except a wish spell. I feel like we're slowly losing the ability to talk as we read these. I know, God, because there's just so much. That last one was really hard. Do you need me to say it again? No, you're fine. Okay. Um, a creature can leave the demiplane only by using magic that enables enables planar traveler travel, such as a plane shift spell. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have legendary resistance. This means that if the astral dreadnought fails like any type of saving throw, three times a day. It can choose to pass. Um, it's kind of like a dragon in that sense. Psych! I pass. <laughs> uh, has magic weapons, or all? No, its weapon attacks are magical, mm-hmm. and it has something called a server silver card. Um, so if they score a natural twenty against a creature traveling through the plane by means of the astral projection spell, the dreadcot, the dreadnought can cut the target silver cord instead of dealing damage. Which means they'd be stuck in the astral plane forever. Mm-hmm. Which fucking sucks. I'm just thinking about someone slowly floating through space. And or the dreadnought can't fully catch up, so just slowly falling behind it going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to eat it. So some of its normal actions, it has the multi-attack, makes three attacks, one with its bite, two with its claw. Uh, the bite has a, er, uh, yes, the bite has a plus 16 to hit. <laughs> oh my god. And, I mean, the damage isn't great. It's only like 36 piercing damage. But if the target is a creature of huge size or smaller, and its damage reduces to zero hit points or it's incapacitated, the astral dreadnought swallows it. Oh. The swallow target, along with everything it's wearing and carrying, appears in the unoccupied space, which was the donjon. So, um, then it has its claw attack, plus 16 to hit, reach of 20 feet. Holy it shit. It never gets to feel full. No. Yeah. Um, and it's got 19 slashing damage. Then, it has what's called legendary actions. Um, so they can do this instead of a normal action. So, um, you have the dungeon visit that we were talking about when you're swallowed and transported to another plane. And you can only get back from a wish spell. Um... Or psychic projection. Uh, each creature within 60 feet of the astral dreadnought must make a DC 19 wisdom saving throw, taking 15 or 2d10 plus 4 psychic damage on a fail save, 
or half as much damage on a saving one. So even though your chances of running into this guy is smaller than any of the other ones that we've mentioned so far, if you do run into it, it's going to take a lot to fight. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be scared because this fucking thing can swallow you and send you into a different world. Or send you stranded. And you'll never be seen again. And you'll probably never come back, depending on what level your spellcasters are on. If they can even cast a fucking spell with that goddamn anti-magic cone. Mm -hmm. So that is why the Astral Dreadnought is at... Six. Six. So next... Amy. Mm -hmm. I also got this ready for you. Thank you. There we go. So... In the Tome of Foes, on page 144 to 145, yeah, just those two, it's the Demogorgon. We were just talking about this. Yes. So, we're just going to turn here. All right. So, let me see here. It's so creepy looking. It, like, how many different creatures is that? Let me see. It, so it says it's a meld of different forms with a saurian I don't know. lower body and clawed hmm. webbed feet. Oh, dinosaur. Oh! Can't you see reptilian? <laughs> uh, with suckered tentacles sprouting from the shoulders of a great ape-like torso surmounted by two hideous simian heads. And I cannot pronounce their names. No, I, I don't know. It's oh, <laughs> right. Emul and Hathrodia. Bless you. <laughs> Both equally mad. Their I've... gaze brings madness and confusion to any who confront it. The spiraling wise sign of the Demogorgon's cult can inspire madness in those who contemplate it for too long. All the followers of the Prince of Demons go mad sooner or later. Um, so, the armor class is 22. That's a lot of hit points. How much? 406. Hmm. 406. Or 28d12 plus 224. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Uh, speed is 50. And swimming is 50. Would not think it could swim hmm. looking at it. Yeah. Oh, it's got tentacle hands. I guess. Maybe it does like the crocodile swim that Zach does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just as, yeah. Which is terrifying when it comes at you, by the way, even though it's my five foot two husband. It's kind of funny. Continue. Um, strength is 29 with the modifier plus nine. Dexterity is 14 with a plus two. Constitution is 26 with a plus 8. Intelligence is a 20 plus 5. Wisdom is a 17 with a plus 3. And Charisma is a 25 with a plus 7. Really? Yeah. Saving throws, uh, plus 10 dexterity, plus 16 constitution, plus 11 wisdom, and plus 15 charisma. Uh, skills. Can be charmed? I'm getting to it. 
uh, skills, it's plus 11 insight and plus 19 perception. Probably because of two heads. Oh. Uh, it is resistant to cold fire and lightning. It is immune to poison, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing that is non-magical. Oh, your turn. Uh, it cannot be charmed. Never mind. Fuck me. <laughs> Those were damage immunities. These are condition immunities. Okay. <laughs> cannot be charmed. Uh, exhausted, frightened, or poisoned. It has true sight of 120 feet. Passive perception of 29. Wow. Languages. All. And, <laughs> and telepathy of 120 feet. All right. Look. It has innate spellcasting. Um, spellcasting ability is charisma. The spell save is DC 23. Uh, it can innately cast the following spells requiring no material components. At will, it can detect magic and major image. Three times a day each, it can dispel magic, fear, and telekinesis. And one a day each can feeble mind and project image. It has... Three a day, legendary resistance. So it fails a saving throw, he can choose to succeed instead. Uh, has magic resistance, so he has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Uh, the Demogorgon's weapon attacks are magical. And the Demogorgon has advantage on saving throws, throws against being blinded, deafened, stunned, or knocked unconscious because of its two heads. It can make two tentacle attacks, uh, and the tentacle attacks are plus 17 to hit with a reach of 10 feet for one target. Uh, when you hit, it's 28 or 3d12 plus 9 bludgeoning damage. Uh, if the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 23 constitution saving throw, or its hit point maximum is reduced by an amount equal to the damage taken. This reduction lasts until the target finishes a long rest. Oh, wow. The target dies if it hits point, hit point maximum is reduced to zero. No death saving. That's actually a lot scarier than the actual Demogorgon, huh? Stranger Things. I like the look of that Demogorgon more than this one, but... I want to know what that was actually based off of because it... Uh, they couldn't use the name. Plant people. For whatever reason. I like the look of it. It's cool. Yeah. Fucking drooly as shit. They used a lot of lube on that guy. I felt, <laughs> I felt real bad. Um, it has different gazes as an attack. So, the Demogorgon turns his magical gaze towards one creature that he can see within 120 feet of him. This target must make a DC 23 wisdom saving throw. Unless the target is incapacitated, it can avert it, its eyes to avoid the gaze and to automatically succeed on the save. Mm -hmm. So if the target does so, it can't see the Demogorgon until the start of his next turn. Hmm. If the target looks at him in the meantime, it must immediately make the save. If the target fails to save, the target suffers one of the following effects of the Demogorgon's choice, or at random. So first is Beguiling Gaze. The target is stunned until the start of the Demogorgon's next turn, or until Demogorgon is no longer within line of sight. The second is hypnotic gaze. The target is charmed by the Demogorgon until the start of the Demogorgon's next turn. It can choose how the charmed target uses its actions, reactions, or movement. Because his gaze requires the Demogorgon to focus both heads on the target, he can't use his maddening gaze 
uh, legendary action until the start of his next turn, which I will get to. The third is Insanity Gaze. The target suffers the effect of the Confusion spell without making a saving throw. The effect lasts until the start of the Demogorgon's next turn. Uh, the Demogorgon does not need to concentrate on this spell. So for Legendary Actions, it has it can take two Legendary Actions, choosing from the options that I'm about to tell you. Uh, da -da -da -da. So it can use Tail, which is a melee weapon attack. It's plus 17 to hit. The reach is 15 feet for one target. To hit, it's 20 or 2d10 plus 9 bludgeoning damage plus 11 or 2d10 necrotic damage. And then there's also Maddening Gaze. Demogorgon uses his gaze action and must choose either the Beguiling Gaze or the... Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like that one dictionary joke where it's like, you look at the definition and it says... See this word? You go to that word and see, see that word. word. Yeah, I, 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 damn it. creep. You're a creep. You're a freak. No, turn around. I hate you. You're a creep. My husband's here. Co-host. Hi. Zach. Is being a creep. I mean, it fits. It did fit. Spooky. Spooky. Look at the look at the light up scally boy. <laughs> you going to bed? Okay. Good night. I'd say we try to be quiet, but we can't. All right. Continue, Ames. I cherish you. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so those are the legendary actions. I guess it's because uh, it's saying maddening gaze. You can use beguiling gaze or insanity gaze mm -hmm. as a legendary action because you're using the maddening gaze. So, um. The Demogorgon also has a layer, so it has layer actions. Uh, da, 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 da. On initiative count 20, losing initiative ties, Demogorgon can take a layer action to cause one of the following effects. Uh, he cannot use the same effect two rounds in a row. So he can create an illusory... Illusory... Sorry. Duplicate of himself which appears in his own space and lasts until initiative count 20 of the next round. On his turn, he can move the duplicate at a uh, distance equal to his walking speed, no action required. Uh, the first time a creature or object interacts physically with Demogorgon, for example, by hitting him with an attack, there's 50% chance that the duplicate is being affected, not the Demogorgon himself, um, in which case the illusion disappears. Or... He can cast the Darkness spell four times at its lowest level, targeting different areas with the spell. Demogorgon doesn't need to concentrate on the spells, which end on initiative count 20 in the next round. Um, and there's regional effects within the lair. So it's warped by the Demogorgon's magic, creating one or more of the following effects. The area within six miles of the lair becomes overpopulated with lizards, Poisonous snakes and other venomous beasts. Beasts within one mile of the lair become violent and crazed, even creatures that are normally docile, so you're going to have bunnies attacking you. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to see if you were paying attention. No, I, I yeah. was, I was. Uh, if a humanoid spends at least one hour within one mile of the lair, that creature must succeed on a DC 23 wisdom saving throw or descend into a madness determined by the madness 
of Demogorgon table, which I'll read in a sec. A uh, creature that succeeds on the saving throw can't be affected by this regional effect again for 24 hours. Uh, if the Demogorgon fades, these effects fade over the course of 1d10 days. So it's not instantaneous. Um, so the madness of Demogorgon, if a creature goes mad in the lair or within line of sight of the demon lord, uh, you roll on the madness of Demogorgon table to determine the nature of the madness, um, which last it's a flaw that lasts until cured. So, ooh, for a D100. Mm. So, 1 to 20. Someone is planning to kill me. I need to strike first to stop them. Oh. Paranoia. Yeah. Uh, 21 to 40. There's only one solution to my problems. Kill them all. <laughs> Kill them all, Haru. Okay. <laughs> 41 to 60. There was more than one mind inside my head. Kill them all, Haru. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shut the Haru that can read. <laughs> Check out Octopimp's 50% off parody on YouTube. That's it's great. wonderful. It's wonderful. 61 to 80. If you don't agree with me, I'll beat you into submission to get my way. Ooh. You have no safe word. I actually had that kind of madness. 81 to 100, or double zero. Uh, I can't allow anyone to touch anything that belongs to me. They might try to take it away from me. So they become Gollum. Yes. <laughs> what is it, precious? What is it? Uh... That's the fucking demigorgon. Yeah, he he's kind of a form. He's a very formidable foe. Creepy looking as shit. That's yeah, a lot of he looks like a, a fucked up werewolf. The way the way that the drawing is, it kind of looks like he only has one foot. It does. Keep. And it kind of looks like one face is eating the other face. It's hungry. Yeah. Um. So that is number five. Yep. Um, so number f- number four. Sorry, I have hiccups. This is another classic D&D character, um, or character, uh, enemy. It is called the Lich. A lot of DMs will use this character as their final boss. Mm-hmm. Um, what a Lich basically is, it's... There's also different variations of Lich as well. Right. So we just chose the... The classic. main classic the main Lich. Classic because they all derive from this one. Yes. So this, it's the remains of a great wizard. Who embrace undeath as meaning as per, per, as meaning means of preserving themselves. Do we need to do like vocal warm ups again? Apparently, God. Fart. But fart. Ah, God. Okay. Because my eyes are crossing. Um. So they further their own power without of with. They further their own power at any cost. Having no interest in the affairs of the living. So basically, they Voldemorted themselves because they wanted to have more time, you know, strengthen their powers. He kind of looks... Very Voldemort-esque. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he, I, I wonder if they... Because he was supposed to look human in the books. Like, that's the whole point is that you humanize the enemy to be like anybody could have done this. Yes. But in the movies, they made him look a little lichy. Um, it, a lich is a gaunt and skeletal humanoid with a withered flesh stretched tight across its bones. It's a zombie, but it's a very smart without zombie. Without the decay. Yeah, it's a zombie without the without the decay. Mummy. And what a mummy? Because they're eh, yeah, closer to. I think a mummy is a, a mummy is a better um description. Yeah. Um, with more movability. Yeah. Uh, so with the lich, they have the secrets of the undeath. 
Um, no wizard takes up the path to lichdom on a whim, and the process of becoming a lich is well-guarded secret. They have to seek out certain entities in order to become a lich. Um, and however, uh, it, it, it is a ritual, um, but however, the... Um, the downside, I guess, quote unquote, of becoming a lich is what's called soul sacrifices. So they must periodically feed souls to the to its phylactery, which is basically whatever it performed the ritual for it to become a lich, um, to sustain the magic preserving its own body. Because if he doesn't do that, energy has to come from somewhere. Correct. Yeah. If he doesn't provide the souls. It takes the magic and the energy back. They end up dying. Um, Always be careful about your deals. Literally. Um, let's see here. Uh, there's death and restoration. When a lich's body is broken by accident or assault, the will and mind of the lich drains from it, leaving only a lifeless corpse behind. But however, within days, a new body reforms next to the lich, lich's phylactery, um, Jesus Christ, that whole sentence. Yeah, God. Uh, out of glowing smoke, smoke that issues um, from the device. Because the destruction of its phylactery means the possibility of eternal death, a lich usually keeps it hidden, well-guarded location. Um, they also are, have a very lonely existence because, you know, if you're the only one left, you're truly alone. But they don't really mind that much. Mm -hmm. um, Solitary creatures. Yeah, they're magic collectors. They collect spells and magic items. Hoarders. Yep, they're hoarders. And they have an undead nature, which means they don't require air, food, sleep, or or drink or anything like that. Um, so a lich, obviously, because it was it is born from a former wizard. They have a very high intelligence, a 20 plus 5. Um, not as high as I thought it would be. No, it's not as high, but it makes sense. Um, and they have it. They have true sight at all times. Ooh. At 120 feet. Um, they their languages are common, plus up to five other languages. Um, they have the legendary resistance three times a day. Uh, rejuvenation. If it has a phylactery, so the emblem that they wear from whoever brought them back to life, or brought them this extended existence, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, a destroyed lich gains a new body within 1d10 days. So it could be one day, it can be 10 days. Mm -hmm. Um, and regains all the hit points and becomes active again. Um, spellcasting, it's an 18th level spellcaster, so it has up to, um, 9th level spells. Some of the really cool ones that I looked at, um, was, and I know this one from Critical Role, it's called Finger of Death. Points, you're dead. Or at least unconscious. Um, Cloud Kill is another good one. Disintegrate's a great one. Uh, Power Word Kill. I don't know that one, actually, so I'll have to look that one up. Which one, which one is it? Power Word Kill. It's a ninth level spell. Okay, well, I'll pull it up here. Yeah, and then it has Turn Resistance, so, um, it cannot... It, there's a spell that a lot, and especially a lot of grave clerics use it. Um, I love this one! Sorry. Uh, Power Word Kill. You utter a word of power that can compel one creature you can see within range to die instantly. So it's like a more... If, if the creature you choose has 100 hit points or fewer, it dies. Otherwise, the spell has no effect. So it's like a stronger version of, um, oh god, Vicious Mockery. It's literally, I could look at you and go, bitch, and you're immediately <laughs> dead. Which is like, bubbles. <laughs> 
Yo, that'd be so sad if it's trying to go on a date. Hi! <laughs> oh god, no! <laughs> oh. Hey. Um, so yeah, there is a spell, so back to turn resistance. There is a spell that's called turn undead. A lot of grave clerics use it. Um, yes. Pretty much any cleric can use it, but it's more well known for the grave cleric. Uh, the turn undead basically means that you cause the undead in your vicinity to turn and walk away from you, and they can't go near you. A certain level or lower. Yeah, I think it's like one, like two or one, one or two level lower. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, you can't do that with a lich. The lich looks no. at you and goes, eh, no. <laughs> um, be like, oh, and then you die because that was the word. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of its actions is called Paralyzing Touch. It's a melee spell attack with a plus 12 to hit. Um, has uh, 10 or 3d6 cold damage. Um, so this is on top of the spells that it can use. The target must exceed a DC 18 constitution saving throw or be paralyzed for one minute. Um, target can succeed, try to succeed at the end of its turn. Um, legendary actions, it can take up to three legendary actions. So, oddly enough, a cantrip is considered a legendary action, which I thought was interesting because cantrips usually don't cost anything. Oh. Um, yeah. It's weird. I guess it's so you can... Because you can't do, like... More than one cantrip, maybe you could do a second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so that abil- makes it's sense. It's the ability to do two. Mm, got it. Yeah. Uh, the paralyzing touch. There's also frightening gaze. The lich... The lich fixes its gaze on one creature it can see within 10 feet of it. Target must succeed in a wisdom saving throw against this magic or become frightened for a minute. Therefore, you cannot go anywhere near it and all your attacks are at disadvantage. Take a deep breath for me. <sighs> I need that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final legendary action is the uh, disrupt life. Each non-undead creature with 20 feet of the lich must make a DC 18 constitution saving throw against this magic. Otherwise, it takes 21 or 66 necrotic damage um, on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Uh, so that's the Lich. Uh, another, like, quick minor thing. Um, if you are in the Lich's lair, oh, yeah. it actually bumps up its challenge rating. Yeah. Because it's um, familiar terrain. Correct. It's familiar terrain, and this allows it to regain spell slots uh, faster. Um Let's see. Yeah, it just it gives it a lot more options and energy and stuff uh, to use. So next. Well, thank you. That's, yeah. So already it's creepy because it looks like Emotep from The Mummy and not the hot version of Emotep. It does. The really, the like undead version when he's like all naked in skin. Yeah. So not hot Arnold Vosloo yet. <laughs> he is very attractive. Yeah. And Hi. Then, and then he looks weird with hair. I will admit that. It's because you're used to seeing. I'm him so without. used to the bald. Mm-hmm. So Amy, what is top? What is number three of our top three scariest monsters? Spookiest monsters. Yes. So this is we are finally into our top three. Um, I do have to say, I find it funny that I am listing most of the ones that I am terrified of. And I'm about to list the one that we're both terrified of. Yeah, I'm kind of glad about that. <laughs> Fuck off. I am excited that I get to read number one, though. Um, so, number three uh, in the Monster Manual, on page 
Holy shit, this is long. <laughs> so just just do page twenty six to twenty seven. Um, well, it's because it's it's different types here that it leads into. So yeah, I'm just this. but beholders, beholders are fucking bitches. They're I, hard. I so when I was getting back into D and D, um, when I dropped out, I it was we had mentioned in previous episodes before where I dropped out because we didn't have we had personalities that clashed. So it wasn't fun because there were some people who hmm. were more mechanics-based versus people who liked more storytelling and the role-playing of it. Mm-hmm. So with a lot of the clashing, there were a lot of like arguments and people skipping things that others wanted to do and vice versa. So I wasn't having a good time and I just was stressed and kind of dreading it. So I dropped out. So to get back into it, with the character I have for the campaign that's going on right now... Um, Zach and I did some one-on-one stuff where I practiced um, doing ability checks. You were player testing. Yes, I was player testing. So we did one where it was all about ability checks so I could get used to that and like what to look for in my stat sheets and stuff like that. And then we also did a couple of different battles. And so he I, I beat the creatures he picked pretty easily, even though I was only like a level five. Um, so he's like, all right, I'm going to try something hard. So he chose a beholder. And I held my own. Until he fucking noted me and be getting closer, then I got grappled and immediately died. <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, the holders are nasty. You don't get, you don't get goaded." And I'm like, "Fucking noted, asshole." Um, also, he was hungry and he wanted to go eat. Beholders but, are just giant circles with a big eyeball and multiple eyeballs. Multiple eyeballs, a lot of teeth, tentacles with either eyeballs or teeth, and then just a giant eyeball, and he has a big smile. Yes. Um. So even though I held my own pretty well, fighting it one on one was I was stressed as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so where's the fucking there here's it is. the stats? Because I'm like reading it, I'm like I it's all so much. Just just go to the stats. yeah. So I'm just going to the stats. Um, because you don't need to know its history. No. I don't give a fuck about its history. It's a giant ball with an eye and teeth. And tentacles. <laughs> Hentai. Not into that. <laughs> Other tentacles, maybe. We'll talk. <laughs> Alright, so. Uh, beholders, the armor class is 18. Um, huh. Speed is zero. Fly is 20 feet, because it hovers. Yes. Um, beauties in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> uh... A lot of things are pretty, then. Yep. Um, strength is 10 with a uh, plus zero modifier. Dexterity is a 14 with plus two. Constitution is 18 with a plus four. Intelligence is a 17 with a plus three. Wisdom is 15 with a plus two. And charisma is a 17 with a plus three. Hmm. Um, so the saving throws are plus eight intelligence, plus seven wisdom, and plus eight charisma. Uh, it has a plus 12 perception. Uh, it cannot be prone, so it's always hovering. Uh, it has dark vision for 120 feet, and the passive perception is 22. Uh, it speaks deep speech and undercommon. It also has the anti-magic cone from its eye. Uh, so it's a 150-foot cone. At the start of each of its turns... I fucking hate that cone. Yeah. The beholder decides which way the cone faces and whether the cone is active. Uh, 
the area works against the Beholder's own eye rays, so it cannot do any ray attacks while the cone is active. So if you go after the Beholder and it goes to attack someone with the ray, and you're in the way of what would be the the anti magic. I mean, that column. makes sense. It's not. Otherwise, gonna, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So at least you know, like, there's an ability. It's not going to constantly have it up. Uh, that being said, there's a lot of fucking rays it can do. Um, but it has a bite action. Um, so it's a melee weapon attack with a plus five to hit. The reach is five feet for one target. Uh, to hit, it's fourteen or 4d6 piercing damage. Right, and now we get into the eye rays. Um, and these eye rays can also be used as legendary actions, and they have three. I would just name just a few of them. I won't go into the descriptions of all of them. Yeah. Because there's ten. Jesus. I'll read the ones that we might not know the definitions of. But there's a charm ray. Uh, obviously. You know what that is. Uh, it looks like all the DCs are 16 on the list, so it just depends on which um, which skill you're in. So there's a Charm Ray, a Paralyzing Ray, a Fear Ray, a Slowing Ray, an Enervation Ray, um, which Enervation Ray, the, target, the targeted creature must make a DC 16 Constitution saving throw, taking 36... Or 8d8 necrotic damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful. Uh, there's a telekinetic ray. Uh. Uh, if the sorry, this has a little bit more to it than the other, so that's why I'm reading it. So the telekinetic ray. Uh, if the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 16 strength saving throw, or the beholder moves it up to 30 feet in any direction. It is restrained by the ray's telekinetic grip until the start of the beholder's next turn or until the beholder is incapacitated. If the target is an object weighing 300 pounds or less, excuse me, that isn't being worn or carried, it's moved up to 30 feet in any direction. The beholder can also exert fine control on objects with this ray, such as manipulating a simple tool or opening a door or a container. That's scary. Imagine you're running away and you lock the door behind you and it just picks the lock. Hmm. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, there's Fuck a... you and your tentacles. Yeah. That's what they want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a sleep ray. A petrification ray. Uh, yeah, so you start turning to stone if you fail uh, and you're restrained. You have to repeat the saving throw at the end of your next turn. On success, the effect ends. On a failure, the creature is petrified until freed by greater restoration spell or other magic. Uh, there's a disintegration ray. Ooh. Uh, if the damage reduces the creature to zero hit points, its body becomes a pile of fine gray dust. Mm -hmm. So you're like fully dead. You cannot be saved. Mm. Um, Technically you can. It's a very, very large. I think it's called resurrection. Mm. Yeah. Difficult to do. Yes, it's difficult. Uh, the target is large or smaller, non uh, is a large or smaller non-magical object or creation of magical force. It is disintegrated without a saving throw. Oh, oh shit! If it is a huge or larger object or creation of magical force, uh, this ray disintegrates a ten-foot cube of it. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's like a foot. Yeah, 
Uh, and then the last one is a death ray. <laughs> that one's pretty obvious. Yeah. Creature must succeed on a 16 dexterity saving throw or take 55, five fives, or 10d10 necrotic damage. The target dies if the ray reduces it to zero. So that's a hu- up to 100 if you roll it out, which yeah. I would rather roll it out, honestly. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure it has, yeah, it has layer actions. Mm-hmm. Ew. Um... So it can affect the layer around it. Uh, 50 foot square area of ground within 120 feet of the beholder becomes slimy. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult terrain until initiative count 20 on the next round. Mm-hmm. Uh, walls within 120 feet of the beholder sprout grasping appendages until the start of the next round. Uh, or on the round after next. I'm sorry. So it's two rounds. Okay. Uh, each creature of the beholder's choice that starts its turn within 10 feet of such a wall must succeed on a DC 15 dexterity saving throw or be grappled. Escaping requires a successful DC 15 uh, athletics or acrobatics check. Uh, and it can also... The eye opens on a solid surface within 60 feet of the beholder. One random eye ray of the beholder shoots from that eye at a target of its choice that it can see. The eye then closes and disappears. Yeah. Yeah, Beholders are, again, a very classic D&D monster. I also have an army of the dead. Yes. Uh, They're a very classic D&D monster. Another creature that a lot of people um, use as their big bad evil guy um, because of how powerful they are. And they're kind of terrifying and awful. They're hard. They're very hard to beat. Um, Reading all that, I realized he was really going easy on me. Oh, yeah, I know. He nerfed it. He nerfed the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why did he do that? He wanted to go get food. But hey, I held my own. I got it I got it down to a little less than half damage. Yeah. By myself. Because that was before we put in the monk stats. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I... You and I had put it on there because it's such a, a classic. Mm-hmm. And... And it makes top three for a reason. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's it's definitely, I mean, there's also different variations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But so. we'll be here all fucking night. Yeah, mm-hmm. we already are. We're all, right. all fucking night. So for number two. This is a creature that I guarantee was born out of my fucking nightmares. I hate the picture so much. I fucking hate this thing. I While she was giving you guys information yeah. on the Beholder and I was just double checking my information and rereading, I kept staring at this picture. This is a creature <sighs> called the Bagman. What's in the bag, man? Uh, and what it is, is this disproportionate... Oh, God. It's this fucking disproportionate... <laughs> long-armed, long-torso, long-leg, hunched-over creature with these sharp black nails, this long, black, scraggly hair that covers its face, and all you can like see... Like the ring girl. Th- yeah, like ring girl-esque hair, or grudge. And it, that too, yeah. It, it, with these white, beady eyes that just stare into your soul. Now, I'm going to read you the tale of the Bagman, because the Bagman is either real... Or it's not. It's all dependent on your DM if they want to make him either an urban legend or if they want to make him real. So. What book is it in? Uh, this is page 225 of Ravenloft. Mm-hmm. So this actually works. It's a, it's a scary story 
for Halloween. And it's late at night. And it's like... It's 10.30. It's 10.30 our time, so we're going to have nightmares with this. Hand me your Because this thing Take is Simon. like genuinely freaks me out. No, I don't like this thing either. It's this is stuff that I... I it, it would be number one if the number one didn't exist. Um, it almost didn't, too. Yep. So, beware the bagman. The bagman is an urban legend about an adventurer who sought to escape doom by abandoning his party and hiding inside a bag of holding. When he tried to leave, though, he became lost amid constantly increasing number of extra-dimensional storage spaces. Over time, the strange forces of this magical in-between place transformed the adventurer into a monstrous creature. Now every night, the bagman slips out from a random bag of holding. If he doesn't find his home, he drags someone back into the bag with him and leaves behind some trinket from his hidden kingdom of lost junk. Some say that if you speak too loudly over an open bag of holding or whisper, follow my voice, three times, the bagman will come for you. Any character might know the story of the bagman. What the bagman is and how you use this urban legend is up to you. Is there truly a bagman, or is he just a story? If an object vanishes overnight, or if someone finds something that isn't theirs in a bag of holding, is the bagman to blame? Is the bagman just a monster that preys on adventurers, or is he the dark lord of his own hidden domain? The possibilities for horror adventures are endless, and nowhere Especially not the adventurer's gear is safe. Now, there isn't technically a official stat block on the Bagman. And the reason for that, again, is because he's considered to be an urban legend. But if you want to do this really cool horror campaign and add him in... There are... Because it's literally in a section talking about creating unique nightmares. Yeah, so the Bagman, according to this is troll-esque, very troll-esque. So I found some stat blocks, and they're all pretty similar. Can I close the book now that you're done reading it so I don't have to stare at him? Yeah, no, I'm done looking at him. Right. I, I hate this, looking at him. Pep- Block him so he can't climb out. I know, I hate you have to climb out of the book of the bag of holding. Sorry for the banging. Oh, God. So basically, so like I said, it's more of a homebrew-esque creature. Um, because again... It's going to be up to you whether or not you want him to be real, real or not. And how hard you want him to be. However, if you're in the mood for a creepy horror Halloween-esque um, uh, campaign or one-shot, I wouldn't make him, like, the main boss of your entire campaign, but he should definitely be this fucked-up side character. Um, if any of you have ever played the game Evil Within, I it's the second one, specifically. I don't remember the name of this quote-unquote creature, but there is a woman that you'll... You get transported into this, like, other dimension of this dimension that you're in, and it's a woman who will, you know, float around. She's all black. She wails like a banshee, and all she does is la, 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 la. 
and just does it until you can get away from her because she's also instant death and she just like touches you and sucks your life out. I hate it. I know. She's awful. But that's what this kind of reminds me of. She This can be kind of like a side character. So um, the Bagman, a lot of its stats are taken from the troll. Um, so the armor class is about a 16. Um, the hit points are a 90, 10 plus 40 or 95. Um, they have high strength and high constitution. And the reason for the high strength is because they have the ability, like, say you're rummaging through your bag of holding, they have the, the ability to yank your ass into the bag of holding. If you're rummaging too long. Yep, if you're rummaging too long. God, I love this fucking thing. I, I hate it, but, like, as, like, a creator and a story person, like, this is a really good, like, side oh, quest. Um. So it has keen senses, meaning that it has advantage on wisdom and perception checks. Um, regeneration. So let's say you're attacking the Bagman. The Bagman regains 10 hit points at the start of its turn if it has if it has at least one hit point and isn't in direct sunlight. If the Bagman takes radiant damage or damage from holy water, this trait doesn't function at the start of the Bagman's next turn. Um the Bagman also has an advantage on attack rolls against any creature grappled by it. So you already have disadvantage on your attack rolls, but it also has advantage against it. Um, Dark Amorphous. So this kind of we talked about a little bit with the um, the um, Ublex. Mm-hmm. Um, the best description that the stat block gives is that, and actually the book gives as well, mm-hmm. it has the same amorphous effect as black pudding. Um, so the Bagman can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing. So that's basically the close to the size of your thumb pad. Mm-hmm. Um, one thumb knuckle. Yeah, one thumb knuckle. Thank you, Amy. Mm-hmm. Um Without squeezing, the bagman can also use this ability to move from inside one bag of holding into another bag no. of holding. Yeah, no, this thing is fucking awful. No. Um, so it's. Why did you tell me he can go from back to back? I'm scared of all my purses. <laughs> you don't ever know which one he's gonna be in. Um, Zach and I can fit in luggage, okay? Not terrified. I'm the bagman. <laughs> um. The actions, so its attacks are pretty basic. It has multi-attack with a, it has a bite attack, uh, plus seven to hit, a claw attack, plus seven to hit. It doesn't really give much, but it's just the idea of this dark, demonic, crooked creature just coming out of your bag at night while you're sleeping and just pulling you in at night. Something that you carry around with you. That you don't it, even know. It, it's the same reason why the carrionette freaks me out. Because you carry it around. Mm-hmm. And it bides its time. Right. It, and it might not even be biding its time on purpose. It's just not your night. Yeah. And the way that as a DM you can determine if he comes out that night or not. Roll dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we put the Bagman at number two for its looks and for the idea of just something coming out of an ordinary everyday bag, like... Turning you into a Bagman. It can, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it it can turn you into a Bagman because if you get stuck, the bag itself transforms you, which is why when we were talking about Bag of Holdings earlier, um, you know bag of holdings you can only be in there i think for like max 10 minutes or something like that and then Depending on the bag, it looks like. i think it depends either on the bag or on your constitution um 
Because you'll run out of air. Yeah. I, I think it's as long as uh, you can, your air doesn't correctly typically goes out the constitution. Yeah. So. It's your constitution modifier. How many minutes? So you can either die in the bag of holding and just have a normal death and that be it. Or it your DM to. can get a little creative and bring this fucking nightmare creature to life. I fucking hate this thing. I'm having images of it right now just crawling up and putting its hand over stop, my neck and stop. my face. And it's just driving me nuts. Ooh, Haunting of Hill House. Ooh, yeah. Of uh, when, Bent Neck? No, when um, Theo... Spoilers. <laughs> no, when Theo... Oh, is, with the with dreaming. the with the smile with Mr. Smiley. Yeah, oh. with, with the smile man. I think it's Mr. Smiley. Yeah, I thought I had an anime title. Anyway, um, but the the monster that this girl morphed her trauma into when Theo is sleeping. Oh, and, and it's, it just it's like psychically in her head because she can sort of read people. And oh yeah, it was kind of haunting her. And they had like the really long spindly fingers, and it reached up over the bed and over her face. One of my biggest fears, and a lot of it comes with, and okay, you know what? If some of you don't believe in this, that's fine. I get it. I've had enough experiences in my life to where I do believe it. I have major fears of, I don't know if it's demonic or not, of Supernatural. supernatural ghost-like creatures that are crooked they aren't it's it's whether they're bent a certain way or their arms are a certain length this disproportion everything like that nothing is right about them the way they move is not human no yeah there was a room and you've been to pfeiffer uh, wait, when we when we went to college mm-hmm. it was the dance room on the second floor that had all the mirrors mm-hmm. there was a crooked man don't do this to me it's part of the Halloween spirit, dear. There was a crooked man up there. He has been seen in several places. I put my feet up on the chair. Yep, several places on the second floor of our theater, but mostly seen there. And my friend and I were closing up for the night because we were there for a summer show. And I was freaked out because I had seen crooked man out of the corner of my eye. Well, my friend didn't want to go up there alone. So he took my hand, and we walked up the stairs. This is also uh, a story that is, like, widely known on campus. Oh, yes. It's told multiple times. So it's, it's, not, it's not just, like, this was her experience alone. No, this is, like, they do tours on this. We have tours there's on all, there's this. Tours and there's a new... There's also janitor who hung himself in the closet. Oh, which, yellow boots. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so we went up to this room, and we just kind of, like, looked up. And in the mirror, Crooked Man was swaying in the mirror and doing, you know the the creepy marionette thing that you do? Yeah. That, but a little bit more flowy. And we just looked at it. We just slammed the door shut and we didn't even lock it. We just ran downstairs and we were like, throw up. It was, I had to look behind me for a second, guys. I'm not going to lie. Y'all, I love Halloween but I love the fun of it. I hate the horror aspect of it. And oddly enough, I enjoy both of it. But then when I think back to that experience, it puts a chill up my spine that I experienced it. Experienced it, and then I I have PT as a D from that moment. You have to drive home. I know. I'm gonna see one in the streets. 
I'm going to be playing some fun music on my way home just to not feel like I'm going to cry. Or Turn I'm your gonna... car light on while you're <laughs> Right. No, that's worse. Because <laughs> what if I turn the light on and it's in the back seat with me? Can I stay the night? If you want. <laughs> you have to sleep on the couch and that's an open space. Ah, fuck. No, I'm you going home. You don't have your dogs. That's true. Or, or your husband to throw at them. He <laughs> even said he's, me he's meteor. <laughs> Uh, All right, and number. I feel like we should switch it now. Now I kind of want to switch it. I know, yeah. but, but no. Well, at the time, what was number one? Now it's, we might switch it to number uh, two. We'll leave it at number one because it's it's such an addition to lore. And it's really cool. And it's brand new. It's not even out yet. Yeah. It's officially. Officially, it's coming out soon. I think Wait. No, by the time this episode comes out, it'll, it'll be out. It'll be out. Yeah, because yeah. isn't it like October like 16th or something like that? Or October 2nd? Uh, middle of the month. So it's probably the 16th. Um, so it's in Fizbin's Treasury of Dragons. and Which isn't out yet. <laughs> for us. Um, at the time of recording. Uh, the Elder Brain Dragon. This thing is fucking cool. It's fucking cool. And I think this is why it shouldn't be at number one. Because we just talk about how fucking cool it is. <laughs> The picture's fucking terrifying. It's, it looks like something out of Dark Souls. It's disgusting. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so we got the information from comicbook.com because they were able to get some sneak peeks. And in, release, like, a picture. And release pictures. They, they have a, a couple different... Um, things that they got to talk about in their article and the first one on the list that they did um, that became number one on ours is uh, the Elder Brain Dragon and it's let me get to the top of here uh, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> oh no I reloaded no sorry I have it on my phone because it's not an actual thing yet yeah um so I'm going to read it verbatim from the article for here for some of it. Uh, Typically, an elder brain lives at the center of a mind flayer community, immobile in a pool. Mm -hmm. Rather than implanting a tadpole into a dragon, the elder brain forms a sack on the dragon's back and covers it with a membrane and tentacles, transforming it into a hideous aberration. It also extends its tentacles into the dragon's brain to take control of its body. Um... So, having read that, the photo was even more terrifying. Because mm -hmm. I hadn't initially read that part, because I thought <laughs> it was just talking about, you know, it's cool. <laughs> it's above an ad, so it, it like, broke up yeah, the description. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to show her the picture. You can all see it on comicbook.com for their article. That just whole, looks so cool. The whole membrane with all the tentacles in the sack is the elder brain itself mm -hmm. attached to the dragon. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait to tell Zach that because he had theories because he only saw the photo at first. He had theories about its connection to the elder brain. So now we get to prove him. Somewhat right. Kind of right, kind of wrong. It was along the same lines. Um, so... The Elder Brain Dragon is terrifying as it grants mobility to a creature that is usually immobile. The brain usually doesn't go anywhere. Can I have Simon, please? 
Thank you. <laughs> you have your back to a I know. That's actually worse for me. It'll go for me first. Not if it goes through a wall. <coughs> well, now I don't want Simon back then to cough on me. <laughs> um, so, not only does it make the elder brain able to move, it can fight back a lot harder. So it's like fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, creature, so the, the dragon has a fly speed of 80 feet and can hover using its psychic levitation. So it can constantly be in the air, even if you, like, destroy its wings. Ah. The creature's breath weapon becomes brine. (coughs) God, I have a tickle in my throat. I'm sorry. Here, have some water. (laughs) There you go. Damn tickle. Yeah. The bag man. Yeah, it's the bag man. (laughs) He's trying to crawl out of my throat. Get his hair out of there. Um, we both looked at each other and were like, one of us has to say it. <laughs> um, Continue. So, the the breath weapon becomes a stream of brine filled with tadpoles um, to begin performing seromorphosis uh, as it transforms the humanoids around it. Mm-hmm. So, characters continue to take psychic damage even when infested with a tadpole. Stabilizing if they're reduced to zero hit points, but remaining unconscious until they transform into a mind flayer. Mm. Um, the Elder Brain Dragon has the ability to grapple with its tentacles. It can break concentration of a spellcaster using a legendary action if the dragon has a spellcaster in its tentacles. Hmm. So that's all... That's all we know right that's now. That's all we know. So we I don't have any stats. We no. have nothing like that. We don't really know any of its attacks. Yes. So... You can't use any concentration spells. No. Uh, because of a legendary action that it has. Oh, and that's the only legendary action that we know of. Right, and we don't it, know how many times it, it, it can probably do it up to three times. We know it has tentacle attacks, but we don't know what other melee attacks but it has or how many. But what, and what's insane about the tentacle attacks is that the tentacles are what's going to turn you into a mind flayer. Mm. No? It's the brine. Oh, it's the brine. What's I, the tentacles? Now, okay, we don't know if the tentacles will do it, but it says the tadpoles come from the brine that it spews. Right, but here's the thing, though. If the tentacles are attached to the dragon itself, that's what's controlling it. So my guess is that yeah. the tentacles coming from the brine of the dragon is what's... If they attach to... It's kind of like an alien. It's like a face hugger almost. I feel like if it does both the brine and the tentacles be a little too much but again we we don't know we the book's not out right yet. yeah but but yeah it turns you you don't just die no it, it's it's constant psychic damage i mean you technically so you, die so you have to have greater restoration most likely mm. or a high level heal spell in order to get the the tadpole out of you if you're in the way of the brine because if you keep getting that damage every turn, and I don't even know if it's at the end, uh, is it only at the end of your turn, or the beginning of your turn, or both? What, for the save? For what? For how much damage you take. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because some of them are at the beginning of your turn, some of them you take damage at the end of your turn, and some of them are both. That's true. 
No, so yeah, that is why we put it at number one overall because I feel like it's going to be the most it's challenging. Be very strong. It's going to be very strong. Um, Bagman, I would say it, it really could switch either way because the Bagman overall, psychically, I think fucks you and me over more than like the Elder Dragon. From a personal standpoint, he's definitely number one for us. Yeah. But I think from a stat standpoint. From campaign maneuverability. That's fair. He's number two. Because he can basically... He can be wherever the fuck he wants to be. He can troll your party for a long time. He's not... He's <laughs> not troll. Because yeah. he's a troll, yeah. kind of. Um, But he he can't be the big bad. No. Not at all. He's not a side character more than... He's a side character. He is a legit side mission. Yeah. What would be really cool is... Um, if you, you have a guide, an NPC guide, at one point, and, like, you all share a room or something at night, and in the morning he's gone. Mm-hmm. And there's a trinket on the bed. I like it. So, no one knows if they just left? That or- also kind of reminds me of the fairy man story. Mm-hmm. I like it. I might use the Bagman in some I sense, cause, him, I because I I feel like out of all of them, and this sounds terrible, he has the I feel like he's the one that's the most creative. I have ideas. Use for him, yeah. I I have ideas. I I think I'm gonna wind up making a horror campaign. It'd be super fun. I would love to do a horror campaign. Yeah, I need to be DM though. I need to be able to control it. I wouldn't be able to play it. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, the the Elder Brain Dragon was number one because it's, I mean, an Elder Brain, and if it gets a hold of an ancient dragon, Jesus, I know it. It, it if what, it, how many pages? And this is just speculating on our part. I'm probably gonna sound fucking stupid, but how many pages of, of detail is that book gonna have, depending on what aged dragon it finds? Because think about think if it got an ancient red. You're balked. I don't either. Nope, but that's like, awful. Because it on because doesn't it on top of the elder brain uses it has the dragon's uses? Yes, I'm assuming. I, I don't. There's think no. So. I guess no, there's no way we because, don't know yet because it says the breath turns into the brine, so it it completely takes over the dragon. So okay, you might have the strength, but you won't have the it? and the intelligence. But you I, I actually mean, elder yeah, no. brain. That's true, but. You know, you'll you'll probably have melee attacks on top of. Mm-hmm. But we'll see when it comes out. But with that being said, thank you all for hanging out with us on this two and a half hour journey. Oh my God. <laughs> I've been, as you've been talking, I've been know, occasionally I, just I've looking, looking over. At, I've been looking at my phone. No, because we didn't read, because remember when we weren't sure if this was going to show how long this records? It does. It does. So, uh, yeah, we're at two hours and 25 minutes Zach and 11 seconds. Zach went to bed. We've been... We've, We've been, been recording for four hours. Yeah, I think that's why. That's a lot of the reason why Amy why and I... Why did we do this one last? I don't know why we did this one last. This was a terrible idea. I asked you. No. We should have done this before we done... The other one? The other one, the first one. Probably good we did this last, though, honestly, for time's sake. Yeah, because it would have taken because so fucking Zach long. Because we would have gone to sleep before we could record. Right? Yeah. So, again... 
Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Happy so Halloweeny. Yeah. For our, our 13 spoopiest with our our three honorable mentions and you know as, We do as, apologize for the rambling because we didn't really realize how late it was getting until we started stroking out in the middle of some of our sentences. Oh my god, the amount of <laughs> the amount of like oh, words. S T words aren't words anymore. Yeah, a lot of the this is why I'll never work third shift. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's probably it probably helps honestly for the episode that we recorded this late at night. It, yeah, it made it more fun. And it more did. Spooky. I am terrified to go to bed now. I'm terrified um, to go out to my car now. <laughs> I'll I'm gonna my, get snatched. I'll, I'll shine my flashlight in the window <laughs> for you. I'll be the, the the guiding light. It'll be the lighthouse. I'll be the the green light for you, Gatsby. <laughs> In light of your hopes and dreams that have been long taken away from you. <laughs> so yeah, catch up with us on social media, Instagram at uh at Meta Dungeon Masters. <laughs> Sorry, at a moment at, oh. me- <laughs> at Meta Dungeon Masters, and then Twitter, Patreon, and Facebook with just Meta Dungeon for Twitter at Meta Dungeon. Yeah. Thank you. Have a happy and safe Halloween. Yeah. Go eat that candy. Go eat that candy. Good night, guys. Night.